Zoom, zoom, zoom. Happy New Year and welcome to the Disenfranchised Podcast. We're that podcast all about those franchises of one. Those films that fancy themselves full-fledged franchises before falling flat on their face after the first film. I am your host, Stephen Foxworthy, and joining me, as always, the man who knows just how long a baby needs to be in the microwave. It's my co-host, Brett Wright. Hey, Brett. Hello, Stephen. How are we doing tonight, buddy? Doing pretty good, man. Christmas was great. Yeah. Holidays are great. Did you get some good presents? Santa bring you anything cool? Uh, yeah, man. I got some cool stuff. I, I mean, I got new tires for my car. So fuck oh, yeah, I'll drink yeah. to that. Much, much needed. And also, I got this really cool ecto cooler beer that some really good friend got me. So that's oh, that sounds like a really good friend. The best. Aww. Sounds like an asshole. I mean, is that too? <laughs> a little bit of that there. I, mean, a little bit. A little I, of I think I think this podcast episode will bear that out for sure. Uh, also joining us tonight, uh, as always, our other co-host, the man who uh, I think just got back from cousin dinner. Uh, it's Tucker. Hey, Cousin's Tucker. Cousin's dinner. Hey, Stephen. How's it going? It's going, man. It's going. How was your holiday? I also had a fruitful holiday. Not only did I get to hang out with the families and I'm hanging out with various friends while I'm here in town, but my sister got me the Jim Varney biography book. You sent us that, yeah. Dude, I can't wait to read that, dude. When you finish it, we're going to have to cover uh, that that first uh, that first Jim Varney movie, the one, first one where he plays Ernest, like the Dr. Ernest Otto. Ernest Goes to Camp? No, oh, before the, that. Okay. The, the Dr. We, Otto, we have yeah. to We have to tie that into the obscure like art house film that they made about one of the characters from the Ernest TV show. That's not for kids. We'll put that like it. It'll we'll do like a half a theme month or like a theme week. <laughs> we, I where mean, when, when we'll we do don't Dr. Do it, Otto and then we'll do the, the, uh, uh, fucking existo. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. When we don't do them as a, as a mini series or when we don't do them as a, a theme month, we do them as mini series. Like next month we'll have it's It'll technically be a theme month, but since we're taking a bye week it's more of a mini series, but yeah. Well, here's what I'm thinking. We'll do a slight band meeting in the middle of recording is uh, oh, yeah, I love so, that. <laughs> I love that. So it'll it'll be on a fifth a fifth when I have a fifth Thursday, you know. Oh, and so it'll... before we'll do Existo. Okay. And then yeah, no, yeah. we'll do Doctor Otto, and then anyway, I also the most the best the best gift I got was I got a little walking around money from my parents, mm. and uh, like your boy barely made it here this year, like barely Ooh. financially, like. Six dollars in my bank account when I hit Indiana, kind of barely made it here. I can appreciate that for sure. So, and so my parents gave me a little walking around money, and I've been walking around a bit. Okay, nice. That sounds fun, man. I hope you guys are able to hit up Taco, the new downtown Indy Taco Bell Cantina this weekend. Oh, we gonna. We gonna happen. Yeah, dude. And send 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 me some pics so I can put them up on the Insta. So I was gonna say, yeah, we'll put them up on the social medias. Yeah, it'll be a whole thing. It'll be, it, it will be a, be a whole ass thing. <laughs> um, but it is the end of 2023. This is our very last episode of 2023. This episode drops um, on the 28th, so we're recording it on the 26th. So that's extra fun. Gives Tucker like no deadlines. time to edit. Straight up deadlines. Um, 
But uh, this episode drops in just a couple days as we're recording it. But it, as we have done since the very beginning, we are covering a failed franchise starter from the year in which we are currently existing. Um, we've done some pretty wild ones over the year. I think last year we did uh, Morbius because what the fuck else were we going to do? But this year, no, and we've been, we've been. That wasn't last year, was it? Yeah, it was. 2022. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. That was the, time. That was, time is that was the last. That was the last one I edited before I was full time host. Correct. Yeah, it's it, it was it was Morbin time all up in this bitch. Um. <laughs> yeah, I have no memory of that. Uh, mm. I mean, well, I felt I felt lucky that I get it, got in right after the line because I have no desire to see Morbius, and I still haven't. So fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> it it fuck sucks. Yeah. It's it's bad. <laughs> Um, I believe it still, you know, worse, I think, than the movie we're covering today, for sure. Uh, Absolutely. And, and this one we've teased out for a while because Tucker saw this one and kind of insisted that we when I when I hinted that this was going to be one that we could potentially cover as our end of year. He's like, well, no, that's the one we are going to cover. We have to. And Tucker is the squeakiest of wheels. So he tends to get his way. Tucker, what fucking movie from 2023 are we covering today? We are covering the straight up flash we are covering the flash 2023's the flash directed by andy machete with a screenplay by christina hodson story by john francis daly jonathan goldstein and joby harold starring... i think it's pronounced machete <laughs> machete 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 um Starring Ezra Miller, uh, Sasha Kaye, Michael Shannon, Ron Livingston, Maribel Vardu, uh, Kiersey Clemens, Ancha Trau, Michael Keaton, um, God, and then just cameos, just cameos, cameos, cameos. Uh, ben Affleck, George Clooney, Jeremy Irons, Tamara Morrison, uh, Gal Gadot, uh, Jason Momoa. Uh, who else? Fucking Nikolai Coster Waldo has a cameo uh, Aquam- in this bitch. Aquaman's dad. Aquaman's dad. Tamara Morrison. Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman is his wife, right? That's what I heard. She, that's who she that in, is on the couch. In Aquaman, she is, but not in okay. this movie. No. no, that's not her, like, in a fat suit? No. They stopped doing that, though, right? They stopped doing fat suits, right? God, I hope so. Uh, okay. And then uh, computer-generated images of Henry Cavill, Jai Courtney, Nicolas Cage, um fuck who else um helen slater christopher reeve george reeves and um god who adam west i think did i get everybody i don't know probably not i'm sure we'll who the fuck cares yeah seriously what but but what a cast what what a what a picture you guys i like this movie a lot i know you and that's that's one of the reasons why i'm really glad we're talking about it because I know you guys probably didn't like it that much. And like this time, look, you guys, I tried. I tried so hard not to like this movie this time <laughs> when I watched it. I just want to fit in, you know, but like I tried so one of the cool hard. Kids. Tried so hard not to like it, but damn it, I had such a good time when I watched this movie. This is the fourth time I've seen it since it came out. Good Lord, dude. And despite it uh, at, on repeat viewings, the third act being a little slow. I still have just, I really love this movie. I like it a lot. It's my favorite DCU movie. 
I and I like a lot of the DCU movies, like unabashedly. I've heard a not lot of people of say it's one of the best, and I, I I watch this movie and I'm just like I don't see it, but well, That's I I really don't like this movie, but I'd agree with that. But I in general don't really like any DCU movies at all. Um, so. I, I would say my favorite is probably the Suicide Squad, not Suicide Squad, but the Suicide Squad. And then number two is Aquaman, because that movie is just so fucking weird. And James Wan is doing just going off the rails with that thing. You see, Um, I didn't care for Aquaman at all. I just think he's it was boring. uh, Dude, there's an octopus playing the drums in that movie. Yeah, well, I've seen that before. There's there's an there's an entire there's an entire race of crab people. Crab people. Cool. Fucking crab people, Tucker. Come on. I blame I blame video games. Uh, Water levels like are always the worst. Cool idea that's wasted on that movie is what that sounds like. So they break. Do you know who plays the Kraken in that movie? I, I know, know I've mentioned this on this podcast I before. Really, I do not. Julie Andrews. It's Julie Andrews. Yeah, dude. Plays the Kraken, and that's the reason she's not in Mary Poppins Returns. And you'd think that would seal the deal for me, right? You'd think you love Mary Poppins. But I'm okay with the Angela Lansbury cameo in Mary Poppins Returns, even though she had nothing to do with Mary Poppins. Mm-mm. Because it's I kind of like one of those "this is clearly intended for someone else" kind of cameos. I feel like Bedknobs and Broomsticks is a Mary Poppins adjacent film. Like it would be a great double feature. I'm sure I've double featured it before. I'm sure you have. I've so never seen Bedknobs and Broomsticks. Like I get why she's there, and that's one of one of the very few things I liked about Mary Poppins Returns. Right. Uh, but still, I just Aquaman. Like, look, I like Man of Steel. I like the ultimate cut of Batman v Superman. I like the Snyder cut of Justice League. I like the first Wonder Woman movie. I like the first Shazam movie. I liked the second Suicide Squad movie. Outside of that, I don't give a fuck. I don't like any of those other movies. I really wish that I had the desire to watch Black Adam though, because I really. I'm interested in the Justice Society part of that film. Oh, we're going to watch it at some it, point. It's on the, the rest list. of it. I just don't think I give enough of a fuck about to like sit through it just for the Justice Society shit. No, we're we're going to watch it. It's on the list, man. I mean, Pierce Brosnan is Doctor Fate. Come on, you guys. It was a very close number two last year. Um, for but 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 for Morbius, it would have been Black Adam last year. Right. Morbius so. was the right choice. I feel like I concur. And Absolutely. That was one of those Brett's like, I was thinking Black Adam and Brett's like Morbius. I was like, shit, you're right. For the memes. <laughs> Fair. For the For memes. The I was like, shit, you're right. No, you're absolutely right. That's that is the right decision. We made it. We did it. We're good. Um, that was the right call. But this year, we're talking about the flash. Um, what is everyone's history with the character of the Flash? Now, Tucker, you said you'd seen this movie like four times. You kind of gave us your history of the DCEU as well. Um, Brett, kind of what's your history with the the character of the Flash, this movie, and the DCEU in, in general? I do be still having more to say, so like pop me in at the end so I can like finish Woodward. my part. Yeah. Go, Brett, uh, go. Yeah, so... As, as I've stated many times, I was way more of a Marvel person growing up. Um, outside of Batman, I could not give even even one shit about anything yeah. on the DC Like half side. a shit, even. Not even that. Um, mm-hmm. So I found most of it boring. And like, oh, a dude can run really fast. 
cool. Good for him. Right. Um, how how is that? It, it it fell into the realm of Superman for me. Like that's cool. How do you fight that? Yeah. Um, so I I didn't I didn't really care. I thought he looked cool. I guess. Um, but that's about it. So therefore, um, when this movie came out, as I generally don't like, I I feel the same about the DC movies. Um, I thought, hey, this is cool. Michael Keaton's Batman is in this. I'm gonna see it for that. Um, and that was neat, but, uh, that's it. That's my history with the flash in this film. Right on. Um, I was, uh, I was, I see. And the weird thing is I was a DC boy growing up. Like DC was my shit. I loved the justice league as a kid. Um, I love plastic man is, is currently my favorite superhero of all time. Love plastic man. Um, it was one of those, like I saw Ralph Dibney, the elongated man in, in a, like a justice league international comic when I was a kid. And I was like, this guy's really cool. And my buddy's like, ah, but have you seen Plastic Man? And I was like, never mind. This guy's way funnier than Ralph Dibney. So I'm all in on Plastic Man. Um, but no, I was always a DC guy. But And I agree with you on Flash. Like his power set just kind of put him in an echelon where he seemed uninteresting to me. Like Superman at least had kind of the the pure hero angle to where like he is the beacon. He is the pillar. He is the the platonic ideal of what a superhero is uh and so i could get behind that but like the flash is just he just seemed grossly overpowered and it kind of bored me if i'm being real honest um so i was never particularly interested in the flash although i will say that i think the flash has one of the best rogues galleries in comics i would say it rivals spider-man and batman just in terms of like really great villains that he faces off with on a regular basis um mirror master uh heat wave captain cold um the pied piper the trickster like he's just got a really deep bench of of rogues that is and they all team up often like frequently which is really fun um i would say the fact that i only knew one of those names uh refutes the statement that they're right up there with batman and but Spider-Man. i uh, here's the thing though i think if if Flash had been adapted sooner um, to, to film, we'll get into the, the long gestating history of Flash movies uh, here momentarily because I went so deep on the research, you guys. I went so deep today. I was supposed to clean out my apartment, and I just did Flash research all day. Um, so, yeah. Do it for the pod. Um, Thank you for I, your sacrifice. I'm just I'm throwing myself on the sword for you gentlemen. <laughs> Thank you for your service, Steven. <laughs> um. But I think if he'd if he'd been adapted sooner, I think. But I mean, if you're if you're like into the comics, then you know it's kind of one of those if you know you know kind of things. Like if you if you know DC comics the way I do, like those guys those guys show up and show out. So um, no, I'm I'm definitely into the Flash's Rogues. I think they're they're really great. Uh, and the fact that we see none of them in this movie uh, is kind of a fucking bummer. Um, one of my gripes about this movie, to be honest with you, you've got this great bench of rogues and you use general fucking Zod. Um, no thanks. Well, you don't know who killed his mom, though, and traditionally that's, uh, you know, a part of Reverse Flash. Gallery, and yeah. you don't you don't see that. And you, you kind of get... They hinted at it. Flash at the end, sort of-ish. They hint at the reverse... They hinted at the reverse Flash angle, like the director... Um, was posting pictures on his Instagram 
about reverse flash like hey this guy might show up but then he never does dude dude but look at this something i've noticed over my repeat viewings of this film is you're a madman is that young barry is straight up always fucking wearing yellow dude Mm. always from the first time you fucking see him boys wearing yellow dude that makes sense so like even though he's not reverse flash like he's kind of a a reverse flash adjacent character sort of in tone at some points in the movie you know yeah especially at the end you know yeah definitely there um and i i absolutely i mean that that makes sense and i thought that i had read somewhere that not to spoil the ending but i thought that i had read somewhere that it was actually the younger barry that actually did kill his own mom but i don't think that's accurate so maybe to save that universe like you i mean he's been there he's old when they encounter him at the yeah. end oh yeah he is he's very so old. who knows what the fuck he's tried you know he's lived more point. than you can imagine i think is the line but yeah, yeah uh but no my, my most of my exposure to, to the flash was through the justice league comics um i was a big fan particularly of matt grant morrison's run on justice league uh, i love their run on that book um absolutely incredible run and i would recommend anyone who's a fan of comics or just wants to get into the justice league pick up that run in particular uh it's incredible it's like 50 60 issues but it's well worth your time um but yeah i didn't really watch the flash tv show um and after the first couple dceu move i think after batman v superman i kind of was just out on the dceu it was kind of one of those like i'll see them eventually but these are not appointment viewing for me at all which as a DC fan really bummed me out that DC was not able to capture. Cause I think DC has objectively the more iconic superheroes in, in the long run. I mean, they're, well, they have the archetypes. I'd say, I don't say, I don't, I don't know if I'd say they have the better ones, but they have the archetypes that everything was better. built from. I said most iconic, but yeah, because they have the archetypes, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, Superman, I mean, DC's core five heroes, like their first five big heroes, uh, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Shazam, and Plastic Man were all created by 1941. And I think that it's either that year or maybe a year or two later that we see the first appearance of Captain America, who's the first Marvel hero. Like, And it wasn't even Marvel at that point. So. Right. DC, DC was doing it early. Um, so, I mean, they, they have... Well, they're the OGs for sure. For sure. And, and so... It, it really irks me as a fan of DC that Warner Brothers has not been able to capitalize on these really incredibly iconic characters. And with the exception of a few movies and older movies at this point, um, like the original Richard Donner Superman or um, uh, maybe the, the, the first couple of Christopher Nolan Batman films that we've never gotten a really true to the comic portrayal of these characters it's always kind of been like i have a take or i want to try something um rather than just being something that's really true to the book although schumacher captured the goofiness of the that silver age stuff really well well and i would argue that the batman 66 series um reflected what batman was at the time it did in the comics pretty I'm, well i'm talking film specific i guess there was they did well, do they, that they did that, make a movie steven this is a future episode of this podcast yeah oh i can't wait i fucking love that movie it's I a great it movie so much. it's such a good movie um but yeah like i but and, and and yeah you're you're absolutely right that is a very good reflection of the 60s era 
Batman, like that Silver Age goofy Batman. But and and with the exception of Batman and like Superman, DC has always been really reticent to make films about their characters. And because of that, most people don't know who a lot of those characters are because they just haven't shown up in stuff. So like you have to really know the comics to know who those DC, a lot of those DC characters are. Um, whereas Marvel was even from the, I would say probably the eighties really good about trying to make as many movies with as many of their characters as possible. A lot of that was to save themselves from bankruptcy, but you know what I mean? Like Marvel was always really was a lot better about putting them into different mediums. Uh, and DC has just always kind of been slow to do that. And it's, it's frustrating as a, as a guy who really liked DC growing up for sure. Which is why I would refute the iconic statement. Um, I, I mean, yeah, they're Superman, maybe Batman, maybe, but the rest of them, I don't think so. Especially not nowadays after the MCU happened, nobody would consider well, I, any of the DC heroes iconic, except for maybe Batman and Superman. But again, I, I think there's a difference between like popular and iconic. Um, you know, no, there like, is. I'm taking that into account, and I still okay. don't think they're iconic anymore. If they were, they might have been. They're not anymore. I mean, I, I, I would still say super. It doesn't get more iconic than Superman. It just doesn't. No, I, like, I just said Superman and Batman. Sure. The rest of them, no. The Superman and Batman, yes. Just I mean, oh, Wonder Woman, not Wonder Woman, no. not Wonder part, Woman in there. Part of what I love about Grant Morrison's okay. run on Justice League is he does not see the Justice League as a group of superheroes. He, he sees superheroes as a modern day mythology. And so for him, the Justice League are the gods on Mount Olympus watching, looking down on all of us. He puts the Justice League watchtower on the fucking moon so that like they literally are on the mountain looking down on the earth. And he gets these different characters specifically for their relationships to the Greek pantheon. And it's, it's an incredible read with that in mind um i think so i would recommend a lot in kingdom come too they do i would recommend i would recommend kingdom come brett to you and i would recommend grant morrison's justice league to you no i've read kingdom come Um, kingdom comes great i mean and even if it sucked like that jim lee art i mean the art the art is amazing i cannot deny the art that wrong the art is amazing i can't deny that but like yeah I just, I, I'm definitely the person that Marvel was speaking to where they were just like, you know what? These heroes need to be more grounded. We can't relate to these fucking godlike beings. We need to have people that like are human. Brett, like, DC is Nintendo and Marvel is Sega and it's 1993. That's it. That's really what it is. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, but that analogy doesn't bear out considering what happened with nintendo and sega so well and that's why i said specifically in 1993 <laughs> that's why i specified sure. the year sure but that's, to crystallize this that's, like, that's the crux of my statement is like maybe that was true what steven is saying maybe that was true then it is not anymore that's and, gone but i think i if, if if it is no longer true and i i'm not willing to concede that it is but if that is true it is because of warner brothers failure to capitalize on the iconic status of those characters in a way that reinforces that status and i think honestly that's kind of why i'm excited for the first time for a dc movie now that james gunn and peter safran are in charge because i think gunn more than anyone understands 
what these characters are and what they can be. Like I'm looking forward to Superman legacy because it looks like James Gunn is going to be riffing on Grant Morrison's run on, on Superman, uh, all-star Superman, which is an incredible run that really embodies the character. Like they did a great job of just embodying who Superman has been and what he means to comics in general at large. And it's an incredible book. And if they can do half of what all-star Superman does in that movie, I'm going to be very happy. Yeah, but no one will care because superhero fatigue is real now. Like, you just got to look at the Marvels, look at Blue Beetle. Nobody oh. gave two shits about those movies. Uh, hey, man, I, I really wanted to see the Marvels in theaters, but I it didn't was really good. To, I thought I it was great, but nobody I can't cares. Wait to They're... see it. And let me tell you, I am one episode behind on What If right now, and I think it's fucking fantastic. I think it's I better than the first season up. so far. I just got the first two episodes it, so. and then the third episode was wow. I really, yeah. really having a good time with that. No, this year. I think, I think we have a lot of good superhero movies in the pipeline and good superhero, like TV shows in the pipeline, but people are over it and people are, people it's, are done. It's the, it's the oversaturation of the market. Like Marvel tried to do too much too fast and their quality control got away from them. Like yeah. before it was a finely tuned machine. You're doing like, two movies a year across like five, five, six years to do a phase. And now you're doing three movies and four TV shows over the course of a year. And it's just too much. Like see if, if secret invasion taught us anything, it's that there's really no one overseeing these things the way they should be. Well, they are now they, they've learned their lesson. See, there's the thing. Marvel's learned their lesson over all of the past two years, but we'll I see. think it's too late. No, we'll it's too see. late. Like, no, I think that they are, from what I've heard, like, the way that they're course correcting. They're only releasing one movie next year, for fuck's sake. Right. Um, so, I mean, like, do less is needs to be the mantra. They're, they're course correcting, and I think that will be good, but I think it's too late. I think it's, I think Supermira movies are done. Like, maybe not completely done. Maybe we can maybe see some good ones that people will care about. But I think, I think we're there. I think people are over them. I, I think, think we're in a good spot to where we're going to get some real fucking weird ones now because they're going to just start throwing shit at the wall. And I can't wait for that. That's what I want. I cannot I want, wait to see what sticks, dude. I want them to get fucking weird. Like they were in like the late nineties when no one fucking cared about superhero movies and superhero movies are just like, we got a mystery men movie in 1999. Like, well, dude, we got the, the, the special last year with the uh, fucking man thing and we're yeah. by night. Like, Give me more of that shit. Let's go into other genres that maybe don't have as much to do with like the main story. Yeah. Like even we, something like Moon Knight, like is Moon Knight ever going to fucking show up again? I don't know, but that was a fantastic that, fucking That show. is one of the course correction things I've heard is now rated R movies are not off the table anymore. Right. Like we I mean, got that we, Deadpool coming up. Well, and right. you have your first F word in a Marvel movie and in Guardians earlier this year as well. Yeah. So I think, I think we're going to get some weird off the wall. I think we might get some horror shit. I'm excited. I'm, I mean, the, yeah, I know you've been looking forward to the horror shit. I think the the first off the wall thing that Marvel did was Guardians of the Galaxy. And that that paid out like a slot machine for them. Mm-hmm. Like it put these characters that no one had ever fucking heard of on the map. So They put them at the top, dude. They didn't they put them really on the map. Did. They just shot right to the fucking top. And that's, and that's but, but see, that's part of why I'm excited for James Gunn's take on, on DC. Because he took these incredibly weird characters and gave them 
so much gravitas and so much life that people were excited to see them. And I, and if he could do that, even with the Suicide Squad, a group of characters that were pretty much reviled after that movie, with the exception of Harley Quinn, like how much more could he do that for characters like Superman or the fucking Creature Commandos? I'm so excited for that book or for that movie. That book is fun. And for us to be able to get like a Creature Commandos animated show, God, I'm excited for that. You know, I, I think uh, I agree with you, Stephen, but also um, statistics, I think, are against us because I don't think uh, film-wise that James Gunn has made anything that's short of fantastic. So he's due for a stinker, dude. He's due for a stinker. There are some filmmakers, and there are not very many of them. There are a handful that have just never made a bad film. And maybe James Gunn will be one. Maybe. Uh, Steven, your optimism about DC in general is a sight to see. More power to you, buddy. I I love it. it, But here's the thing. Him being named president or or co-chair or whatever of, uh, of DC Studios filled me with hope for a DC movie for the first time since, since Nolan left the Batman series. Like I was excited for those. Like I'm because I think James Gunn understands story in a way that very few people leading a studio do outside of maybe Kevin Feige, but he seems to be a little more hands off with the overall thing these days. So, or, or maybe he's just spread a little too thin either way like it's not bearing out for marvel right now and i think gun has an opportunity to do something really cool and i could i look i am prepared to be wrong i've been wrong before will be wrong again it's a thing i do quite often so i look i I don't hope it fails by the way i don't hope it fails i'm just saying statistically speaking and i love everything that james gunn has put out um but i'm saying man like I get it. Even even George Romero has Bruiser and Survival of the Dead, man. Like, yeah. It's 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 bound to happen at some point. I hope it doesn't. I get I it, really man. Do. I do. I get it. For sure. You gotta figure out a way to get people back on board at ground zero, start over without I, like making it clear that you're doing that, because that was apparently supposed to be what Blue Beetle was, and nobody fucking knew that. So uh, that this was, I mean, this movie was supposed to reset the bar for the whole universe, and the ending, I think, muddies that incredibly. Um, but well, we'll, we'll I, get into I, that when we talk about the ending. But yeah, yeah, I think I think the ending that was a a, a last minute change, probably. It, I I will get into it. I have notes because I I think sure. when they were finishing up this movie, they were more like, let's just do something fun instead of giving a fuck if it like intertwines with anything else after this. Yeah, because this this movie had a lot of cards stacked against it. But before we get into all of that, Tucker, you had some more to say about The Flash. I did. Let me start my history with The Flash. My first comic book ever was the Batman comic where they uh, retcon Jason Todd's origin. Oh, instead nice. of him, Instead of him being a carbon copy of Dick Grayson, uh, trapeze artist parents and all, Mm-hmm. Um, he's a kid that lives on the street stealing Batman's fucking tires. Correct. And Batman is an asshole in that book, by the yep. way. Read that issue. Like when I was a kid, all I knew was Batman on TV, dude. Mm-hmm. On Channel 4, they'd play the monkeys and then they'd play Batman. Those are my two favorite shows when I was a kid. 
And so I got the comic book. I'm like, who the fuck is this? <laughs> I think he just, I think he just bitch slapped a kid. Like this, <laughs> this guy's a dick. This guy's kind of an asshole. <laughs> but anyway, so, so DC was kind of at the beginning of my journey into, you know, that kind of stuff, <laughs> pop culture stuff. And I, I, I really enjoyed the flash TV series in the nineties. I watched that quite a bit. Um, that All costume, I, can't, I just, I can't, it's syndicated, dude. They had it on channel four for like ever, but that costume, dude, I love it. It's ridiculous. Um, it's so muscular mm-hmm. and it that, that and the, the DCU flash cameo makes me want to watch the Arrowverse flash TV show. I watched the crisis on infinite earths special. And I, um, it was not good. <laughs> no, I'll just but say the, that it was not good. The guy, the guy who played the Flash in the '90s series, he plays two characters in that show because he plays '90s Flash. Three? He plays three. What the hell, damn it! Now I gotta watch. I don't even want to watch it. Like I don't. He care. plays. He plays Barry's dad. He plays the Flash from Earth Three, and he plays his. He reprises in the Crisis uh, miniseries. He reprises his role as. 1990 flash. flash yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, but anyway, so like Brett's a Marvel dude. Steven's a DC dude. You're not going to believe this, guys. I'm fucking right in the middle, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're not going to believe it. That's usually how this goes. Like, yeah. yeah. Like I grew up on DC. The 90s belonged to Marvel for me. But then when I became an adult, I just kind of split it down the middle and just you know, started looking at this and looking at that. I kind of, and by the time I became an adult, I was reading a lot more independent comics too. Like I, I don't, it's, it's most likely that if I'm reading a comic book now and since my twenties, there's like nine out of 10 times, it's not going to be a superhero comic. Yeah. And not I'm kind of, like now, but yeah, I'm just kind of yeah. over them for the most part. If there's a good arc on something, like I'll check it out and I'll have a good time. Especially if there's a limited run. Back when I was buying comics, I'd buy a lot of the limited series because a lot of those are usually pretty fun. It didn't even have to be a character I gave a shit about. Like, sure. Uh, but yeah, so I've always kind of, kind of liked both Marvel and DC, and I've always been a fan of um, Zack Snyder's filmmaking style, and I enjoyed um, all of the DCU movies that he did. Uh, though it's important to note, like I said the ultimate cut of batman v superman mm-hmm. because the theatrical cut i saw that at the theater and i did not like it and like it was a long time before i sat down and watched the ultimate cut just because i knew that i was still gonna hate it but actually no i really really like that um, that's what i've heard and, and that's so I was... probably my least favorite of the dceu film so i'm kind of like mm. i was pretty excited about this one uh, when it was coming out um, for a lot of reasons. One, because it seemed like it was going to be a fun movie. I saw the trailer and stuff. And usually if people hate it before it comes out, that's probably something I'm going to like. That That is kind of your bread and butter. You tend to, <laughs> you're, I'm a contrarian by nature and you feel, I feel like you're even more contrarian than I am most times. <laughs> I don't even mean to be, I'm just trying to, you know, <laughs> stick up for the underdog, but this movie doesn't need me to, really in in my opinion um 
I like I said, I've seen it. I've seen it four times, and I just it just works for me, man. Like I tried not to like it this time, but it's it's kind of the reverse Amazing Spider-Man two for me. Mm. Like when I first saw Amazing Spider-Man two at the movie theater, I was like, that was that fucking kicked ass. And then every viewing after that, like I hated it a little diminishing bit diminishing returns. And yeah. now I just don't like it at all. It's not good. No, I. I expected that, and you could probably go back in podcast history and hear me say that I'm probably going to like it less the more I watch it, but I straight up don't. Actually, I kind of like it a little more every time I watch it. Right, that's what happened to me. The more the, When I first saw it, I was like, that was pretty cool. And then ever since, I just, every time, man, this gets worse and worse every time. Yeah. I, 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 I kind of don't want to watch it again because I'm, I'm afraid of what will happen to my rating I'd, and I'd my sanity. I'd watch it again. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon. And for the rest of your life. And for the rest of my life. I could see this being a movie that I watch regularly every, you know, every couple years or so. Yeah, I can see that for you, for sure. Because I, sure. I, I did like it. I really wish that there were, I hope that there's enough people like me that did have a good time with it, that it warrants a release of like, the ultimate we have everything that we shot and it's here on this blu-ray for you edition release right i don't i don't need it to be as a coherent film we could even go through like storyboards and stuff that they shot with like a a commentary from the director or like a writer or something Mm -hmm. just because i want i want to see what they had because steven you know this because you researched it but there are so many different versions of this movie yes and like even after production started, I'm not just talking about the history of like it being in development hell since the fucking nineties. Right. But after production started, this movie changed so much. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm just so curious as to it's like the weird Al movie where I was like, Oh man, there's gotta be a lot of stuff that we're not seeing uh, for different reasons, obviously in this movie. I just, I want to see that stuff. Yeah. I see for it sure. Bad. I, I caught on, uh, it was on, um, Wikipedia, they said something about how uh, I think it was WGR, WGA arbitration, um, but they they had to go through like a and they think it was this movie. They didn't say what movie, but it was a, a high profile superhero movie uh, that had over the course of its uh, screenplay, 45 different writers attached. And uh, I'm going to go through that. I'm going to go through not quite that many over the course of my my research here, but I'm going to go through quite a few. Um, and that's another thing that impresses me about this movie is just knowing uh, even the broad strokes of the history of it. The fact that we even got a coherent film at all is a fucking miracle. I mean, it it kind of depends on how coherent you want your film, but yeah. Oh, there's plot holes that you could drive a Winnebago through, sure. Yeah. But oh. it still tells a story, an understandable story, you know, that you can understand and, and follow. Your mileage may vary, but yeah. I think I think we all know where I'm coming down on this one. <laughs> yeah, dude. Well, let's let's talk about the plot, and then we can get into all of your. I was gonna say, yeah, because I, I I've got it. I've got six pages of notes here, and five five and a half of those are just the development hell of this movie and the timeline of this movie. So, so uh, yes, let's do the plot in sixty seconds. That's the part of the show where, uh, at the behest of the D six of Destiny. Um, we will decide which of the three of us will recount the plot of 2023's The Flash in 60 seconds or less. Brett has assigned each of us two sides of a D6. 
Uh, Brett, which of us has which sides? And let us know when you roll. Let's see, I'm going to be using my new revolver bullet dice. Yeah. Son of a bitch. I, I sent you that TikTok and you're like, bitch, I already got those. And I was like, yeah, I yeah. bet you do. <laughs> I bought that shit two days before you told me about them. And that shit arrived like the next day. Nice. I don't know how they were able to like overnight that bitch in the middle of Christmas season, but they did. Good for that. Straight up, it. It's the straight up flash works there, dude. There we go. That's what it is. That's it. It looks like a fucking bullet. That is my D6 bullet. That's wonderful. So, so who, who's got what side here, man? Uh, man, I really, again, I really should have written down what I've assigned to all. This I think stuff. I'm one and two. And I'm three and four and Tucker's five and six. I believe. There we go. So yes. Yeah, the pecking order. Word. Yeah. And that is a one. one that's a one. Is that a one? That's a no, one. it's a. These are hard to read. I'm going to be honest. These are hard to read. Let me, let me show you what these numbers look like. That's really like, cool. Hard to read. Ever since read. I got assigned one and two, Brett's been rolling like exclusively ones. Has anyone else Maybe. noticed that? Well, there was Maybe. that whole season that it was all Brett. So Yeah, and then the next season it was all me. Yeah. Uh, it, was damn, I was, it was all I was, you, then it was all me. I was really fucking hoping I wasn't going to have to be the guy to do the plot on this one. Well, you don't have to be. Somebody want to volunteer? Do you want to volunteer as tribute? Do we want to make that a rule? Like, if you really don't want to do a plot, somebody can volunteer as tribute to take your place? Yeah, but who's going to? I would figure you would. You love this movie. Yeah, but I want to. I, I like having fun watching you struggle through it. Yeah, I bet you do. Bitch. It makes for great content, dude. That's what we do. We're, we're <sighs> you know. All right. Make, fuck it. Making Just, them contents. It, this is going to fucking suck. Table those are the best ones. You always get so yeah, disgruntled yeah. about it, but like those are the best fucking ones. Oh man, I'm on Speed Racer. This shit, Steven. I'm legitimately watching this movie, going, "I God, I hope I don't have to do the plot for this one because this is this is so plot dense in the worst way." It's like it I is. almost want to volunteer because just to call Steven out, just would be to like, prove yeah, me I wrong. This in Sixty seconds, like I mean, I can easy, but easy it's not lemon squeezy, good, but yeah. okay. Put 60 on the clock. Let's do this, bitch. I believe in you, Steven. You can do this. I don't know what's up with us, but we've been saying bitch a lot in the last like five minutes. That's weird. Dude, straight up do it, dude. I'll I'll pull up the Wikipedia and do it if you want me to. No, no, no. I'm doing it. The 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 D six spoke. You know, we must distribute. You know what happens when we when we defy the the D six or the the coin of justice, which I found, by the way, it is in my wallet. It is Uh, right over there. I don't know what happens. Has bad things happened before? Uh, yes. Oh. I don't remember. But all right. Um, if you say so, I guess. Um, all right, then. You let me know when you got 60 on the clock. Give me the, the 30 and the 10. Yep, cool. Go. Okay, so the Flash is, uh, he's he wants a sandwich, but he has to save Gotham. And then he does, and Batman and Wonder Woman are there. And then he goes and gets a sandwich, and he meets Iris, and she's cute, and he likes her, but he's super awkward. And he's his dad's going to prison for killing his mom, but he didn't do it. But the footage is grainy, so he can't prove it. So he decides he's going to go back in time by running really fast, and he changes the, the past. But then he also changes the, the future and the past. So his mom's There's alive, a- but like Michael Keaton is Ben Affleck, and Superman's not there. It's Supergirl, and then Zod comes, and... Uh, he gives his past self powers, but then he loses his powers and then he gets his powers back through Supergirl. And then they fight the Kryptonians because they don't want to use the Flash's rogues gallery for some God awful unknown reason. 
Uh, and then um, the younger Flash wants to fix everything. And so he tries, then it becomes Dark Flash. And then the multiverses crash. And there's a bunch of god-awful cameos. And then he decides to let it go, put it back, but he still can't and do it. And that's it's the George game. Clinton. All right. That was, that was not bad. That was not bad. Seems good to okay. me. I don't. I, mean, I left a lot on the. I left a lot on the table. The you hit the broad strokes. strokes. Yeah, I did. You're over uh, there stroking broad, Stephen. So yeah, I always do. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so this movie, the life of the Flash movie, begins in the late 1980s, and I don't have an exact year on this because none of the sources that I caught had an exact year, but sometime in the late 80s. Um, future comic book writer and future head of Marvel TV, Jeff Loeb, is tasked with writing a Flash movie. Uh, I'm not sure where that falls in relation to Tim Burton and Sam Hamm's Batman, uh, which came out, of course, in 89, as we all know. Um, but ultimately, nothing came of that, except for the fact that it gave Loeb his career in comics. Um he basically, uh, Jeanette Kahn read that script and was like, hey, you should come work for DC. And so he did uh, and became a comic book writer. So there you go. Uh, and then we're going to skip ahead to December 2004 or December 2004 is where we're going to skip ahead. Uh, David S. Goyer, the man who gave us Dark City, the Blade Trilogy. And Blade, yeah. And, Those uh, Nolan Batmans. Batman, Batman Begins and, and the others that followed it. He is tasked with writing a Flash movie uh, that he would also have likely directed as well. Uh, the script was said to have been inspired by the then current run of Jeff Johns. His name's going to come up a lot in the synopsis, at least in the early part. Um, and would feature a tone similar to Sam Raimi's Spider-Man films. Uh, they are looking at Ryan Reynolds to be uh, Wally West, which is the Flash Three. Uh, I could see him as Wally West. I was gonna say not as not as Barry Allen. Not, a, but I could not see as him Barry as Wally West. I was gonna say Ezra Miller's doing more of like a Wally West impulse kind of thing than a Barry Allen thing in these movies. Kinda. Yeah, it's 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 a bit of a an amalgamation of of a couple flashes for sure. For sure. Um, but he would be facing off against Hunter Zolomon, also known as Zoom or later Reverse Flash, would be the villain on that movie. Um, nothing really happens with that. Uh, February 2007, Goyer leaves the project and Sean Levy of Big Fat Liar and Night at the Museum fame uh, signs on to direct a script penned by uh, Chris Brancato or Branca Brancato. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Uh, he wrote Species 2. He would eventually oh, write for Hannibal, and he was also the oh. creator. Uh, he would also become the creator of Narcos. So I take that snarky O back when after you said he wrote for Hannibal, like respect. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, a One lot of, of shows ever. For most of these guys, I've tried to like pick stuff that they had done prior to that, but in occasion, occasionally their best work is definitely like ahead of them. So I have to go. They would eventually go on to write this. Um, they would be good at one point. <laughs> at, at some point, they will have done something you will have heard of. Um, and that would have been a more lighthearted take on the character than Goyer's uh, would have been. Um, Wally West would have squared off against uh, uh, Vandal Savage, one of my favorite DC villains. He's an immortal who's been around for literally forever. Uh, Hunter Zolomon would have been uh, prominent, uh, a prominent character. And also some B and C tier flash rogues like Heatwave, the Pied Piper and Rainbow Raider would have been featured in there as well at some point. 
Um, that film is ultimately scrapped after only a few months in development because right like a couple months after that, DC announces a little movie called Justice League Mortal to be directed by one George Miller. Um, and they had cast Adam Brody as the Flash. Which then takes us from February 2007 to October 2007. Um, David Dobkin uh, of Shanghai Nights, Wedding Crashers, and Fred Claus fame uh, signs on to direct the Flash spinoff from Justice League Mortal that would have starred Adam Brody. And the screenplay would have been written by Craig Wright, known predominantly at this point for his TV work on Six Feet Under and Lost. And then in January 2008, Justice League Mortal is put on indefinite hold as a result of the 2007-2008 Writers Guild of America strike. And it is ultimately scrapped, including all of the sequels and spinoffs thereof. Including the video game that was almost all the way finished. Yep. BT Dub, just dipping my toe into that video game corner. Just That's it. Just kind of moving the dust around, moving the dust around and then going right back. Uh, fast forward to July 2009 after the big one of the biggest years for comic book movies since uh, since the 90s honestly uh, 2008 gives us Iron Man and the Dark Knight so superhero movies are once again lucrative and so that opens the door for another attempt to do a Flash movie uh, this time it's Dan Mazzo who would uh, go on to write scripts for both the Wrath of the Titans and Fast X uh, he would craft the screenplay for a film that would be produced by Charles Roven, the man who gave us Angus, 12 Monkeys, Three Kings, future episode of this podcast, Bulletproof Monk, Scooby-Doo and Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed, and Batman Begins, me, among many, many, many others. Are you telling me that's the same guy what wrote Angus? Produced. Are you kidding me? Produced, produced Angus. Angus. Yeah. Did you guys ever see that movie? Yeah. One, of, I think it's George C. I Scott's was, like last film. I was the target wild. audience. I was that age when that, that fucking movie came out. I was tracks. I was all about that motherfucker. Like my aunt had uh, the job where she would go to the movie theaters and write down the trailers and write down the reactions and count the people that came in so that they could put it against the ticket sales. It's kind of like a secret shopper for movie theaters, and yeah, you get to watch dad did that. free movies. Yeah, 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 we've discussed this for sure. Yeah, um, you get to watch free movies all day, and I think I watched Angus at the movie theater. I probably saw it three or four times at the movie theater, and then I bought the VHS. I knew when I put Angus down on the list, like I admit, initially skipped Angus, didn't even put it on there, but I knew I'm like I have to put this on here because I know this is Tuck. This is a movie that Tucker <laughs> yes. straight up loves. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen it in years. I'm afraid to watch it. I'm afraid to rewatch it because I don't want to sully the memory. Because I, from what I remember of it, I don't think it's going to hold up very well for me. Yeah, it's hard kind of a say. time and a place thing. I, I do want to watch it, though. I, I struggle with it. Every time I see it streaming somewhere, which it rarely is, but when I see it, I'm like, should I? I might. Ooh, I don't know. I just want to keep the good times. Keep the memories, man. I don't want to fuck it up. Um, so yeah, Charles Roven, super producer Charles Roven, uh, was set to produce, and Jeff Johns, the comics writer, uh, he's going to come on board as consulting producer for the movie. Uh, but that is ultimately scrapped in October of 2009 because DC couldn't figure out if they wanted to prioritize a Justice League movie or not. So that whole thing just kind of languished. That movie was scrapped, and they ultimately didn't pick up their feet on the Justice League movie either. 
which brings us to June 2010. Uh, having been named the chief creative officer of DC Entertainment back in February, Jeff Johns tasks the writers of 2011's Green Lantern, which is to say future Arrowverse architect Greg Berlanti, Smallville and eventual uh, Logan scribe Michael Green, and Eli Stone creator Mark Guggenheim to pen a Barry Allen-led film emphasizing Flash's athleticism. Uh, in fact, Guggenheim described the film as something like a sports movie. Uh, and then after uh, Green Lantern, see our past episode on Green Lantern, uh, after that movie disappointed, uh, that movie was ultimately, the, the Flash movie was ultimately scrapped as well. I think we mentioned on the Green Lantern episode that one was supposed to kick off the the DC shared universe, but because Green Lantern sucked so bad, they kind of scrapped everything. I think Flash probably would have been a part of that, is my guess. And they probably would have gotten an athlete to play the Flash, is my other guess. Um, July 2013, with the success of Man of Steel the previous month, DC announces its intention to create a shared universe of films, which would eventually be called the DCEU. And at that point, they announced a Flash film that was supposed to be released in 2016 to be followed in 2017 by a little movie called Justice League. We got it early, you guys. Mm-hmm. So that's so this movie begins in 20 the the production of this specific movie begins in 2013. Uh in October of 2014, I think literally a week before the Grant Gustin Flash show premieres, Ezra Miller is announced as the Flash of the DCEU, uh creating a lot of backlash from Arrowverse fans who I think thought uh, they wanted to see Gustin play that role on the big screen since he was already playing it on the small screen he had been on a few episodes of Arrow, uh, and so they wanted to see him uh, cross over. I never understood that. That's obviously above his pay grade. I agree. Obviously. Come on. But was my first like little like hint that I was not going to like DC movies because like it's such a clear through line. Why are you doing this with different actors? It's already triggering my thing about like continuity and roles. Oh yeah. So like I was, I was out almost immediately. Like I was going to say, would it not be the same guy? I'm amazed that you don't like just hate all the multiverse shit. Cause that is such a great way to explain away any continuity errors. Well, this was before, this was before I knew about multiverses (laughs) and whatnot. Okay. So that's the perfect way to explain it away. And I'm okay with that. Okay. So check this out, Brett, as of now, as of right now, before the new DCU starts, we have, Four Batmans currently. We got yeah. Ben Affleck. We got Michael Keaton. I do want to see that Batgirl movie, by the way. Same. And we've got straight up George Clooney and we've got Robert Pattinson all at once. Adam West is in this movie too, so that's technically well, five. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was that was I think that was the um the other world's cameo that i i liked the least just because it was him running which i get it but all the other ones were very like you had push-ins and close-ups and everything but you just kind of went past his planet even though you could hear caesar romero and um uh, what's his nuts what's his nut well yeah fuck yeah that's what that's where you know where you are is because you hear (laughs) the kit and you're like wait a minute okay yeah okay fuck yeah and then uh what's his nuts that does the riddler i fucking love that frank gorshin yeah the, the fucking goat man oh he's the best you he hear is, all of them in there but still i wish the, he, like 
the benchmark by which all Batman villains performances are, are rated in my mind. It's so weird. Everybody hates the scene that, that um, years before power man 5,000 would describe as what it's like when worlds collide. Um, but I, I kind of had a lot of fun with it. And, and like, I think the thing that stood out to me though, as kind of odd, not bad, but kind of off putting is that they spent the most time, on the incarnation that never made it past a costume fitting. Yep. Like, and that was cool. Like I was into that because that's old internet. That's not like sure. Mimi. Like I hate Mimi shit, but that's old internet. That's that like, in there for me, e- so. that's like an evening with Kevin Smith. Oh like, yeah. I was going to say that is in there for <laughs> that's the That's what that, that is. is what that is. But, but it's yeah. evolved into that. I'm just saying it didn't start out as that. And to me, it's always that, that story from Kevin Smith and those, those photos, those photos we got of, of Nick Cage in that suit. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I like that scene. Yeah. Um, there are some that I, I really am kind of confused why they left them out. Like I wish there had been nineties oh, flash. I got, I got notes on the cameos later. So oh, are you going to tell me about the ones that I want to be there, but they're not and why they're not. I'm going to tell you about the handful that the director actually mentioned. Um, yeah. But yeah, the ones that he was like, we we had planned some of these and we wanted some others, but he basically said the list was long. So anyone you think of that could have been on there, they probably discussed. Yes, dude. So, uh, what, but see, the the biggest crime though, the one that needed to be there that wasn't. The rest of my requests are just like I, for me, but the one that needed to be there, where's Linda Carter, dude? She was she was one that they considered. She was a prominent one that they considered. For because sure. anytime I get that the Wonder Woman theme, any Wonder Woman theme, I'm into it. That's why I, I understand the Wonder Woman cameos are getting a little old, a little long in the tooth. That's pretty much all that character is good for these days. Anytime you can pop that theme on, I'm alert and ready <laughs> to go. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's so. Mm, I love that. Sorry. I love this movie too much and I realize yeah. that I'm I'm it's just I like it. A this lot. is gonna be, this might be our new longest episode ever because I'm on page two of six here. Jesus Christ. No look what God did say that's why I hated that scene because like we could have got Linda Carter and much more better cameos, but instead we spent way too long on a Nick Cage meme. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, Steven, carry on. Right on. Uh, so at this point, uh, they they announced uh, Ezra Miller is Flash, and they also announced the release date. They move it from 2016 to March 23rd, 2018. Uh, that spot will eventually be given to Tomb Raider. Uh, they will not actually do that movie then. In early 2015, James Wan of Saw past episode Dead Silence and Furious 7 is offered the choice between directing either The Flash or Aquaman, and he decided to take Aquaman because he thought he could do a lot cooler stuff with Aquaman than he could with Flash. Um, April 2015, Phil Lord and Christopher Miller, directors of Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, 21 Jump Street, and the Lego movie, begin writing their treatment for the DCEU Flash movie with the option to direct. Uh, And then in October of that same year, they leave to work on Solo, A Star Wars Story. See our previous episode on that movie. Uh, Director of, uh, or the writer of Dark Shadows and Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. See our previous episodes on those movies. Uh, Seth Graham Smith steps in to tweak Lord and Miller's treatment. uh, And he would have directed the film as well, making that his directorial debut. Um, 
in February of 2016. The Flash uh, solo film release date is pushed up a week from March 23rd to March 16th of 2018. You can get a lot done in a week. And and apparently they didn't they didn't <laughs> think he needed to. So uh, and then the next month, March 2016, uh, Ezra Miller appears in a brief cameo in Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice. Uh, the month after that, April 2016, Graham Smith leaves the project over creative differences. Keep those words in mind. They're going to come up a lot. Um, June 2016, uh, Rick, F- I'm going to I'm going to mispronounce this man's name, but I'm very sorry. Uh, Fumayua, uh, Rick Fumayua, uh, who directed Brown Sugar and Dope, uh, went on to do uh, several episodes of Ahsoka. Uh, he's brought on as director, tasked with working on making Graham Smith's script uh, more relatable to the young people, to the young folks. Um, yeah, uh, and apparently he had kind of a darker tone in mind, which got some pushback. His major, his big contribution uh, came the next month in July 2016. He casts uh, one of the stars of Dope, Kiersey Clemens, uh, from Dope, Transparent, and Night. Uh, I'm sorry, Neighbors 2, Sorority Rising, uh, she's brought on to play uh, Iris West, and she manages to stay on all the way through production. Uh, in August of the same year, uh, and she no- got to be in Justice League. So, yeah, the well, the cool. the, the second one, but yeah. Hmm. Um, in July, or I'm sorry, August 2016, uh, Miller appears another brief cameo in Suicide Squad. Uh, at that point, also Ray Fisher's Cyborg is announced as a main cast member in The Flash. Uh, and it's also announced that Gal Gadot would appear as Wonder Woman. Yeah, I'm, I'm living off a of busy street now, so the street noise is going to be wild. Do you want me to take that again? No, dude. No, dude. I love it. I love it. It's wonderful. <laughs> it's, you're, riding, it's, you're riding your bike around while we're while I'm, I'm just, just riding it around. Uh, yeah, the, 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 cat, the cats are on mopeds, just, you know, like yeah, motocrossing all around the living room. Um. The next month, September 2016, Billy Crudup from Almost Famous, Big Fish, and our previous episode on Watchmen signs on to oh, play he Barry's was the original father. Dad. Yeah, he signs on to play Barry's father, Henry Allen. Um, I liked Office Space Guy though; he was all right. Yeah, he was fine. He he did all right. Uh, I'll October... never know that man's name. He'll just be Office Space Guy forever. Ron Livingston. We'll get to yep, him. I forgot Office Space Guy. We'll get to him. I've I've got I've got a few more pages to get through before I get to him. Uh, October 2016, weeks before production is slated to begin, uh, Fumoyiwa steps down as director, once again, citing creative differences. Uh, the film is then put on indefinite hold while Miller leaves the film, or leaves to go film Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald, uh, which gives the studio time to find a new director. Oh yeah, because he was locked into that before he was fucking locked into DC shit. Correct. They, yes, they were. Yes, sorry. The The character in the film is he and Ezra Miller is they, and I'm going to mix that up, and I apologize for every time that I do that. Uh, I'm probably going to fuck it up if I haven't fucked it up already, but I'm going to really endeavor not to. Um, uh, in January 2017, uh, Warner Brothers opts to make the film, take the film in a whole new direction. They hire uh, Joby Harold, uh, the uh, person who wrote Awake, a uh, future episode of this podcast, King Arthur, Legend of the Sword as well. Uh, to do a page one rewrite. So just start over from scratch uh, and take it from there. 
Uh, over the intervening months, they pretty much start looking for directors. Uh, by May 2017, Harold turns in his draft of the script. Meanwhile, the studio is actively pursuing Robert Zemeckis as their number one choice, the man who gave us the Back to the Future trilogy, past episodes of this podcast, Who Framed Roger Rabbit and Forrest Gump. Uh, um, he doesn't have it in it, in it, in it, in it. He doesn't have it in him anymore. I, I agree. They're I wouldn't also, have put my stock in him at all. They're also pursuing Matthew Love Vaughn. Love you, Bobby Z. Just saying. Uh, Matthew Vaughn of Layer Cake, Kick-Ass, and the Kingsman films fame uh, to direct uh, the ones that had already by this point passed on the project. Sam Raimi, uh, Evil Dead, Spider-Man, uh, Mark Webb, the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man films, 500 Days of Summer, Jordan Peele, Get Out, Us, Nope, and Ben Affleck, Gone Baby Gone, Argo, and The Town. They had all passed on the movie, so DC has been trying real hard and coming up short pretty much across the board. Um, Billy Crudup had uh, already filmed some scenes for the then-unreleased Justice League, but had to step down from the project while Warner Brothers looked for directors. Since it didn't look like it was going to happen, he just kind of stepped away. You guys, can I, I, can I just pause this for just a second and say, I'm sure the audience is grateful that you are. That Ben Affleck is my favorite on-screen Batman, and he's my favorite on-screen Bruce Wayne. I think he's fantastic. And it makes he's me good. sad that he's not going to be doing it. And in this movie, this, you guys, like, this is a Flash movie about as much as Civil War is a Captain America movie. Like, yeah. and I get that. But this is, there's a, there's a lot of really good Batman shit happened in this movie. I love all the stuff with Ben Affleck. I love all the stuff with Michael Keaton outside of the, the forced callback lines, which I'm sure Warner Brothers was like, all right, dude, you got to put these two in. We don't care where you put them. And they just tried to find the best part for them. Bless their yeah. hearts. You know, the best part to put them in. Yeah. Uh, but I loved all the Batman shit in this movie. Like the Batman shit, some of my favorite parts of the, the Ben Affleck stuff and the Michael Keaton stuff in this movie. I like Fantastic. that. I like Affleck's portrayal of Batman a lot. I just think the movies he's in are awful. Uh, I, I agree that the material is not up to snuff with his abilities and his take on the character, but if, I don't think those films are awful. So if, I kind of if, agree with you. If he had been, if he had been given a, a really good script, I think he could have, he, he would be widely regarded as one of the best Batman for sure. I'm just saying Affleck was the bomb as Batman, yo. That's all uh, I'm saying. But also in Phantoms. Also in Phantoms and uh, Elijah Dushku's in that too. There's a really good Patsy Cline song in that. Have you guys not seen Phantoms? Let's watch Phantoms, you guys. Is that on the list? Put that on the list. Word, bitch, Phantoms like a motherfucker. There it is. Motherfucker, dude. (laughs) Affleck, you're bombing Phantoms. Yeah, we know you listen. Applesauce, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) What a what a what a fucking weird movie. Um, And Gus Van Sant's. Uh, count counting money. He's I'm, like, I don't Jesus, have time for busy. this. Fuck off. <laughs> Classic. Oh, Remember when so Kevin bad. Smith was good, you guys? I had yeah. to be alive. What it's a been a while. Time to be alive. Yeah. Pepper Farm, remember? Yeah, <laughs> Pepper Farm so do does. Uh, 
So uh, speaking of the Batman shit in this movie, July 2017, San Diego Comic-Con, it is announced that the film is now going to be operating under the new title of Flashpoint based on the uh, 2011 Jeff Johns event comic that rebooted the DC comics line into the new 52. The oft-interpreted Flashpoint. Like Mm. we've had animated movies. We had the fucking... Arrowverse did it. yeah that you gotta at some point like it's mm-hmm. it's a part of it's a, a, a critical part of flash stuff that you have it's, to include now no matter how what he's in it is it is to the flash what the dark phoenix saga is to the x-men yeah i'd agree with that pretty so much. nice they do it twice or thrice yeah or whatever the the I word four relates to that rhymes with twice is x-men have done it twice in the movies and then once on the animated show at least once on the animated show so like it's yeah it's 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 it is that level for for the flash um or the killing joke for batman yeah that's a good one too yeah. don't um, watch that animated movie though i won't i haven't i've no desire i've read about it and i was like nope i don't need to see that because you guys it's a 100% faithful adaptation and it's wonderful except one thing that they add that's a fucking deal breaker and it ruins the whole thing for you Honestly, and a lot you of just, other people. Yeah. Just cut that out. It's it's the perfect like interpretation of a comic book two film. Yeah. God damn it, um, Bruce Tim, you dirty old man. He is. He really is. He really is. He really is. <laughs> it has been for years, but mm-hmm. moving on. <laughs> Paul Dini too. Um, yes. But uh, most fans see this oh, as a uh, as DC or Warner Brothers trying to reset the script on the DCEU uh, after the rumors surrounding uh, the production of Justice League being fairly difficult. Uh, that will come to bear in the years to follow. Uh, in August 2017, Gal Gadot confirms that Wonder Woman will appear in Flashpoint. November 2017, Jeff Johns... Every time we mention Wonder Woman... I'm going to put the little theme song in. Just Rana, a little. Rana, Rana, Rana. Rana. Yeah, is that correct, the correct pronunciation of her last name, by the way? I That is how I've heard her pronounce it. Okay, cool. Yeah, dude. Carry on. So I'm going to trust her. Um, but yeah. Uh, da, da, da. November 2017, Jeff Johns all but confirms that Batman will appear in the Flashpoint movie, specifically the Thomas Wayne version that appears in the Flashpoint comic. Um, you guys familiar with the Batman as he appears in the Flashpoint comic? Yeah, he's a vampire guy, and yes, let's get Jeffrey Dean Morgan to do that, right? No, he he. Bruce Wayne is the one that gets shot in the alley instead of his parents, and it his parents go in two different directions. Thomas Wayne becomes like obsessed with justice and bringing criminals to justice. Yeah, and, and so his mom's a Batman. Joker, but doesn't yeah. doesn't he become a vampire at some point? I don't think so. That's a completely separate story oh. where Dracula shows up in Gotham, and yeah, Gotham and by Gaslight. Well, no, I don't think it was Gotham. Oh no, that's but a I, different. That's a different one. I yeah. thought that was the Thomas Wayne version, though, that got vampirized. Mm, I don't think so. No. Okay. Because that, that be Batman wrong. carries on as a vampire. He doesn't get cured at the end or anything. That yeah. Batman's just a vampire after just, that in yeah. that universe. Yeah. But I did, um, you know, speaking of Jeffrey Dean Morgan, I don't know if that was anything official, but there were a lot of people that were wanting him to reprise his role as Thomas Wayne in this Including movie. Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Uh, Jeffrey Dean... Get him anything with Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Get him he, in front of my eyes. I'm into it. He is publicly, like, 
promoting himself as wanting to reprise his role. In fact, when Keaton gets cast, he's openly joking that Keaton stole the role from him. Like he wanted to be in this movie real, real bad. Old daddy Winchester, man. Um, Jeffrey D. Morgan. Let's do it. Let's go. Hell yeah. Meanwhile, uh, Ezra Miller and Billy Crudup appear as their flash characters in justice league. Uh, Clemens had filmed scenes, but those were deleted from the theatrically released film. More on that later. Wait, who did? Who got deleted? Who filmed and got deleted? Kiersey Clemens, Iris West. Oh, okay. Yeah. This did remind me really quick. There's a quick side note. Mm. Um, sort of unrelated. Um, that, uh, that I just want to share because it's great. Um, the new Teen Titans, the newer Teen Titans animated series that's, uh, I think is not running anymore but the uh, teen titans go yeah yes yes um teen titans go to the polls there was no steve um the there was an episode uh i forget what the conceit was but there's a point in the episode where they have to go back and reset the timelines of all the justice league members so that way their origins happen the way they're supposed to mm-hmm. so they become heroes like they're supposed to um which includes batman which which includes oh, no. which includes Robin having to go back in time to the alleyway and make oh, sure no. that Batman's parents are killed. Oh, that's dark. Uh, I think like they each have an item that they have to take back. I think, and it, it's the pearl necklace. Like he takes the pearl necklace into the oh, alleyway. No. You see the gunshots, and he comes back, and they all cheer because they succeeded in doing what they were supposed to do. Oh my god! <laughs> is is great. Is you guys, that funny. is a fun show. They yes. have a lot of really fun fun ideas on that show. They take it a lot of weird places. I like the one where they go to the polls. Um, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it's my riff on that dumb Hillary Clinton line. Um, January 2018, tired of waiting for Robert Zemeckis' schedule to free up, Warner Brothers goes ahead and goes after John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein, uh, directors of future episode Vacation, directors of Game Night, and eventually... Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. Oh, I liked that movie. You both did. Yeah. Uh, as you writer, seen it, Steven? You ain't watching it. No. You son of a bitch. You're a bitch. Um, he oh, brings man. them on as writer directors, tasking That's them fair. with making a more lighthearted film than what had been adapted previously. Uh, they get confirmed in March, and then on March 18th. Uh, that's when Tomb Raider comes out, because that was the original release date for The Flash, and it doesn't really have a release date until later. Um, April 2018, the title reverts from Flashpoint back to just The Flash, although the script does retain obvious Flashpoint references. Um, October 2018, filming is set to begin in February 2019, but Ezra Miller is in Fantastic Beasts Secrets of Dumbledore, and so that delays filming once again. Warner Brothers uh, sets the film's release date to sometime in 2021, just vaguely off in the distance. You know what would be really fantastic marketing is if the soundtrack to Fantastic Beasts is called Fantastic Beats. Mm. You're on. That's all I got. That's all I got. Yes. (laughs) Moving Uh, on. March 2019, Ezra Miller, concerned with the lighter tone the film is taking, seeks out comic scribe Grant Morrison, my favorite. That's uh, your boy. To it's help your boy. Uh, well, ch- ch- person, <laughs> but yeah. Grant Morrison also, they, them pronouns, uh, also non-binary. Um, 
but uh, Grant Morrison to help them pen a new script uh, that Morrison described as a flash story uh, with elements, sci-fi elements akin to Back to the Future. Uh, in May, Warner Brothers rejects that Starring story. Starring Eric Stoltz, right? It's the Eric right. Stoltz one that they're basing that on, right? <laughs> of course. What else? <laughs> yes. That's fun. You guys, that's fun. Let, let me show you my tattoo. Hang on. Let me hoist my leg up here. You uh, guys, that was one, that's one of my favorite scenes is because I've that's I've lived in that apartment before. That does not surprise me. You guys, me I really, really have. <laughs> Like that's I love that fucking scene. All the the outside characters, the his pals from the lab or whatever in the original continuity, and they're so different. And uh Homegirl is just like burping words and mm-hmm. I'm Batman. Yeah. Right down to the fridge <laughs> with barely anything in it. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. I really liked that. Just Sorry. A rotting a rotting hunk of broccoli and um yes. Where am I at? I mean, oh yeah. So uh, Warner Brothers rejects this, uh, that script in May, uh, but does ask that Miller remain on as star as his option or their option, excuse me, their option had uh, was set to expire. Uh, July 2019, Daly and Goldstein leave the film. Guess why, guys? Want to want to take a guess as to why? Um, they um, was it because I don't know. Creative differences. What? I know. I can't believe that. That's that's strange. So strange. Never happened before. (laughs) Never and never will again. Um, Christina Hodson, who would uh, write a future episode of this podcast, Bumblebee, and the then upcoming Birds of Prey film, she is brought on to write the screenplay. Fine. I liked it. I liked it. I always forget about it as far as DCU movies go, but it was pretty all right. It also has one of the best looking sandwiches ever to appear on a on a, on a film screen. So yeah, dude. that that bodega breakfast sandwich, holy shit, that looks so good. Um, but uh, she's she's brought on to write the screenplay, and Daly and Goldstein do receive a story credit. Uh, so basically, she's using their idea and building on it. Uh, Andy Muschietti uh, of Mama It and It Chapter Two takes over as the film's director. And uh, filming is set to begin in 2021 after Miller's commitments to Secrets of Dumbledore wrap. Look, uh, and- I hope this doesn't put him in director jail. Because, I, yeah. you know, like I liked those It movies and say what you will about this movie, It outside of uh, objectively some of the CGI, it looks fantastic. Like when you really sit and pay attention to this movie, there's so much visually going on. That is yeah, that it's CGI, pretty though. subtle. That is pretty fucking brilliant. I love the way this movie looks. And I know I don't believe the director that the CGI was supposed to be shitty. I think in I one do, scene it was, but other I than do that, it was think, not. I do think for me, specifically in the big uh, Worlds Collide cameo scene, I think it kind of works for me in that context. I know I... I think it's bullshit that it was. I think meant that's to be, where it but... was supposed to look shitty because that's really? not a real place. Yeah, because that worked for me. That really, really fucking worked for me. Like I think in the chronosphere, whatever the fuck they call it, I think that's where it's supposed to look shitty. 
But like the baby shower at the beginning, that's not supposed to look shitty, and it really does. The, oh, those that's fight too much scenes, fun to care if it looks shitty for me. No, no. Those, Which those... fight scenes? The Batman fight scenes were all amazing. The Affleck one was great. All the Keaton stuff was. There was some rubbery crypt, shit. Specifically, the Kryptonian fight scenes are really, and the the ones look, in Russia also are really. Look, rough. there's there's some rubbery shit with the Batman fight scenes, but I grew up on Blade too. Okay. Like, I've seen bad, rubbery CGI people, and these are not that bad. Not distractingly enough. Not distractingly so, for me, at least. You say, come on, Blade 2. Come on. He looks like Stretch Armstrong, Blade, coming down that fire escape. I mean, it's dude. And that's Guillermo del Toro, dude. It's the best of the Blade movies by a country mile, I'll tell you that. I disagree. The first one's the best, the second one's boring, and the third one is fun, but it sucks. I concur. Yeah, hey, all right. <laughs> Tink. Well, I'm with you, fellas. Um, <laughs> April 2020, one month into the uh, COVID-19 pandemic lockdowns, Warner Brothers moves the release date up from July 1st, 2022 to June 3rd, 2022. Um, meanwhile, a, a tweet begins uh, circulating featuring Ezra Miller apparently choking a woman in Iceland, uh, thus beginning the, the, Ez- the Ezra Miller troubles. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for that, Brett. That's amazing. Um, uh, June of 2020, Michael Keaton enters talks to reprise his role as Bruce Wayne Batman from uh, Batman 1989. Now, was he already signed on for the Batgirl? That I don't know. I didn't research the Batgirl. Hmm. Because I... He was probably signed on for this first, and they were like, "Hey, what if you do the Batgirl shit too?" Because well, this, this is golly. Based on the it. original ending for this film, I think the intention was to have Keaton replace Affleck in the DCEU. Yeah, he was going to be old man Bruce for sure. We were going to get some Batman Beyond, apparently. Yeah. And and what Sasha was come next. Sasha Kaye was supposed to replace. <sighs> Henry Cavill. That's the worst fallout from this film for me because she is fucking phenomenal. She is, I think, the biggest waste. Uh, of I love of her this in this role, and I, I don't. I've never seen Supergirl like that, man. Super, my Supergirl is the one they CG'd next to Christopher Reeve, man. Ellen Slater, that future that episode movie, of this podcast, like, yeah. I loved that movie when I was a kid. Then I watched it when I was a teenager, and I was like, this is garbage. And I haven't mm-hmm. watched it since. <laughs> but I loved that movie when I was a you, kid. You will again. You'll get your chance. Don't worry. I can't wait to watch it again, because uh, even though I don't like it, I'm excited to kind of relive it a bit and have fun with the fun parts that obviously appealed to my child mind. In August of 2020, both Keaton and Affleck are confirmed to be playing different versions of Batman. Uh, October 2020, Billy Crudup enters talks to rejoin the cast as Henry Allen, and the film's release date is pushed back, uh, this time to November 4th, 2022. Uh, In January 2021, Ray Fisher officially leaves the film, claiming that he will never again work for Warner Brothers or play Cyborg in the DCEU as long as Walter Hamada remained president of DC Films. Uh, Because of all that Joss Whedon shit. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Hamada oh, would eventually I work st- for him either. Fuck that. Hamada would eventually step down in October 2022, just before the release of Black Adam. 
February 2021, Sasha Kaye from The Young and the Restless signs on as Kara Zor-El Supergirl, marking her first feature film. And Billy Crudup is also confirmed at that time to be returning as Henry Allen. Oh, she's mad in this movie, too, and I believe it. I believe she's mad as fuck. I believe Every time she, she gets mad, I'm like, oh, cool. Whoa, watch out now. Woo. She's scary, dude. I love her. March 2021, Zack Snyder's Justice League debuts on HBO Max, including the deleted footage filmed with Kiersey Clemens, who at this very same month reaches a new deal with WB to rejoin The Flash. Uh, Maribel Verdu from Pan's Labyrinth signs on to play Barry's mother, Nora Allen. And at the same time, Billy Crudup departs the film, citing scheduling conflicts with his Apple TV Plus show, The Morning Show. And Ron Livingston from Office Space, Band of Brothers, and The Conjuring is brought on to replace him later in the month. April 2021, principal photography begins in London. Ray Fisher publicly states that he would return to the film if Warner Brothers were to make amends with him. They don't. That's all you got to do. Just just say you're sorry, man. Come on, guys. It's not uh, that fucking hard. December 2021, after filming wraps, Michael Shannon and Antje Trau are confirmed to be reprising their roles from Man of Steel, something that was apparently very confusing to Michael Shannon, uh, who I've seen in an interview saying, they want you to come back. He goes, well, because, you know, I, I watched Man of Steel, and at the end of that movie, they... Superman snaps my neck. Like I famously die in that movie. So like that's I, kind of the whole point of that movie is that he kills Zod. Like I, I got a I got a call from my agent saying they want me to come back. I said they they saw Man of Steel, right? And they say he said yes, they saw Man of Steel, but it's different. It's a it's a multiverse. And I said I don't know what that is. And I'm just like God, Michael Shannon. I love you so much. And then they started adding zeros, and he was like, I don't care what that is. I mean, he and Michael Keaton, I think, are both just kind of like. This is this is a paycheck movie for no, both of those. Guys. I disagree. I completely disagree. For Zod, yes, because he has publicly gone on the record to be like, yeah, superhero movies fucking suck, and I I hate them. But if they pay me enough, I'll be in them. And Michael Keaton seems to be genuinely having a good fucking time in this movie. I mean, I'm having a good time right along. The way with he's him, delivering man. those iconic callback lines makes me feel like he'd rather be anywhere else. Yeah, those two fucking lines. I'd rather be anywhere else too when he says those two lines. But you got to put them in there somewhere. Like you, you don't though. To. You really in this don't. day and age, you do. You do. Mm-hmm. If they didn't you put do. those in there, look. If you put them in there, people are gonna bitch. If you don't put them in there, people are gonna bitch even fucking harder. I remember people hearing the because the "Let's Get Nuts" line is in the tra- both of those lines were in the trailer, and when mm-hmm. the "That Gets Nuts" li- "Let's Get Nuts" line is in the trailer, I remember a ton of people going, "That really that line? That's the one you want to put in this movie?" Like, I mean, it does make it sense within context, but it does feel very, it, very forced. It really doesn't, though. It, the, it, I'm, it, well, I mean, they are about to get nuts, are they not? They're about to take on this huge thing. It's like right when. Like Supergirl comes and and gives Barry back his powers by shocking him again, and they're all together. And he's like, "All right, straight up, I guess I'll help you. Let's. Uh, you want to get nuts? Let's fucking get nuts." I agree, it's a reach, but it's not that far of a reach. And like I say, I, I don't like I don't like those. Look, I don't yeah. I don't like those two lines being in the movie. The I'm Batman one at least kind of works, but both of those lines, I wish they weren't there. But like I say, you don't. You don't get this. You don't get Michael Keaton in a DC movie as Batman now without 
something like that being in there. So I would say we got off relatively lucky that it wasn't that bad. And the fact that they didn't fucking do that the whole time, you know, Mm -hmm. for, for a movie that people bitch about fan service in, there's really not a lot. There's really, really not a lot. And a lot of it is, is subtle. Did you watch the, the same movie? I guess not dude because i was not distracted by anything like that and your boy is somebody who's getting sick of that kind of shit honestly because literally the entire like last act of this movie is just fan service on top of fan service on top of fan service what the 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 cameo thing yeah yeah what else that's that's all that is it's like 30 seconds you build the entire set piece of the finale of your movie around fan service how is that how is that barely any fan service, man? Like, uh, I disagree. You're, you're, I, I agree with you, Tucker, but you're trying to argue with noted nostalgia hater, Steven. So like, you're not going to convince him otherwise. Look, and I'm, I'm somebody who is, is kind of, I have a very complicated I, relationship with nostalgia because I try not to be that person, but it's hard not to be sometimes. Um, but for this movie, it didn't, I don't know. Like, I, I don't understand why you think that in the two hours and 45 minutes of this movie or two hours and 30 minutes, whatever it is that there's a shit ton of fan service because I mean, outside of that one scene and the two Batman lines, you also got the Supergirl line. I've got you. Who's there's just a callback to the original Richard Donner film. Like you, it, they, they pepper it in, but it's all there. There's oh, the so DC it's subtle? Are you telling me it's subtle? No, oh, no, good. No, 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 That's no. kind of fan service. That's the kind of fan service I love. The subtle shit. Compared to the movie that shall not be named that is dripping in it, which I completely, you know, admit to, but love it anyway. Yeah. Like compare that to this. And that's, and that's like, the, even though I, I do, I am on the positive side on the movie that shall not be named. That was the part of it that anything negative I have to say about that movie is, fuck, really? We're doing this again? Oh, we're doing this again? Oh, we're doing this again? And The Flash didn't feel like that for me at all, with the exception of, of those two lines. And I found the the world's colliding part with all the cameos and stuff, like I said before, I fucking liked that. Oh, my, liked eyes, my eyes about rolled right out of my head. And there were a couple incarnations that aren't even popular that nobody cares about. And I'm glad they were there. I'm glad George Reeves was there. You know, I'm glad they made reference to the Golden Age Flash, even though it was just like some random crew member's face they slapped on there. George like, Reeves, I, who notoriously hated playing Superman and thought the role destroyed his life. Yeah, let's let's call that. Well, back. yeah, That's good. it almost it almost fucking killed him, man. Did you see that? Did you see that movie with Ben Affleck as George I Reeves? Did. That's ben a Affleck real thing be- that happened with that kid, dude. That's a real fucking thing that happened. I know. Ben Affleck, Kill the only actor shot to play that both dude, dude. Superman and Batman. But yeah. Oh, shot him, dude. That's fucked up. This is America. Continue. February 2022. Uh, Tamara Morrison confirmed to be reprising his role as Thomas Curry from Aquaman. Uh, Miller appears in a cameo as The Flash alongside Jason Momoa's Aquaman in the final episode of James Gunn's Peacemaker. March 2022 is when the Ezra Miller troubles begin in earnest. Uh, Warner Brothers, once again, before those start, adjusts the film's release date to June 23rd, 2023. Meanwhile, Ezra Miller becomes the subject of no fewer than 10 different calls to police in Hawaii 
for various minor infractions from filming people at a gas station to loitering outside a restaurant to arguing in public. Meanwhile, Uh, at the Hall of Justice. (laughs) They are arrested on March 28th after a physical altercation at a karaoke bar in Hilo or Hilo, uh, claiming to have been, quote, accosted by a Nazi, though the police report indicates Miller screamed profanities, attempted to grab a mic away from someone singing the Bradley Cooper Lady Gaga song Shallow and spitting in the face of patrons. I heard that wrong. I heard that he had done that in the reaction to the one millionth time that somebody butchered Paradise by the dashboard light. And I was going to say I don't blame them for that, but I guess my source was wrong. Uh, and again, I'm, I'm going off of this is the specifically the, the Rolling Stone report is what I was going off of there. So that was um, a bit. I didn't actually hear that. Uh, Miller was ultimately bailed out by a couple they were staying with in Hawaii who paid uh, for their five, $500 bail. Uh, later that same night after they paid their bail, uh, the couple would uh, ultimately end up getting a restraining order because. Uh, Miller stole the wife's passport, the husband's wallet, barged into their room, and uh, basically uh, threatened to kill them. Uh, so, yeah. Look, uh, let's let's get this out of the way. Ezra Miller is extremely mentally ill, and I think they need help. I don't condone anything that they did, but it's very obvious that this person needs some psychological help. Mm-hmm. Something that they will ultimately admit themselves, but that's still a ways off. Because, because I, I read all this shit too, and it's fucking weird, man. It gets it the gets, shit that they do is fucking weird. It like gets cuckoo weirder. banana pants, weird. It yeah. gets weirder too. It gets weirder. April twenty twenty two, Miller once again arrested for second degree assault after throwing a chair at a woman, uh, which causes an inch long gash to be cut in her forehead. Uh, they ultimately plead no contest to the previous month's karaoke incident and are fined $500 for disorderly conduct. Later in the month of April, after returning to uh, their ranch in Vermont, uh, Miller began housing a woman that he had met, or they had met, excuse me, in Hawaii, uh, who was attempting to escape her abusive husband with her three children. Um, and while there, they were exposed to weapons, ammunition, and drugs, including allegations that Miller would blow marijuana smoke in the one-year-old's face. Yeah, that's fucked up. Don't do that, people. Come uh, on. There are also additional allegations made by Rolling Stone that Miller was running an unlicensed marijuana cultivation operation. Uh, well, June, mad about that. June 2022, uh, the parents of 18-year-old uh, Dakota Iron Eyes uh, requested a protective court order against Miller from the Standing Rock Sioux Tribal Council on behalf of their 18-year-old daughter uh, uh, due to Miller's use of, quote, violence, intimidation, threat of violence, fear, paranoia, delusions, and drugs in order to control their daughter. Um, Their relationship began in 2016 when uh, Iron Eyes was 12 and Miller was 23. I was going to say she wasn't 18 when they met. Nope. Uh, And their relationship included uh, him or uh, included Miller, rather, uh, transporting her uh, across state lines and out of the country as well. Oh, just like Chuck Berry. Mm -hmm. Uh, Including uh, flying her out to England to visit the set of one of the uh, Fantastic Beasts films. 
separately, the same month, uh, June 2022, um, um, the mother of a 12-year-old child in Massachusetts was granted a temporary temporary harassment protection order against oh, the neighbor for inappropriate behavior toward her child. Right. Uh, the order was uh, eventually lifted. Uh, Miller's attorney alleged uh, alleged that all interactions between Miller and the child were initiated by the mother herself. Now, the worst part about these stories uh, of of him with these underage girls is that the stuff that's available, the information that's available, like that's that's just a generalization of what happened, right? Like, and some of it implies like some of the weirdest fucking shit. Like what he, he showed up like dressed as a cowboy, like at one yeah. point for some yeah. shit, like, like offered to buy horses. What the fuck, man? Yeah. Help this person, please. Someone yeah, help, before help anybody them. else gets hurt. From, Jesus. from my understanding, they are currently seeking help Good, for their, dude. for their complex mental health issues. Um, but to, to, to listen to all this stuff and it, it all kind of happens like right in a row here. Cause this is like during the post-production period on the movie. So like, it just feels like they're just doing these one right after the other. This is behavior that's gone on for years prior. Well, even, yeah, all, even since like here. wallflowers, man, yeah. since being a wallflower, since dude was like, or, or they were like even younger, like mm-hmm. there's a pattern. There, there was one behavior. in. There was one instance that I didn't put on here from 2011 uh, because they weren't cast at that point. So I didn't, it wasn't relevant at that moment, but there, there is uh, one incident of misconduct back in 2011 during, I think perks of being a wallflower, but which is a um, fantastic film, by the way, if you haven't but, seen it, yeah, it's been a long time. Uh, I just remember Melanie Linsky being voodoo. very good and very disturbing in that movie. Yeah. Um, August 2022, Oliver Ignatius, a former music collaborator of Miller's, claimed to have witnessed Miller verbally abusing Dakota Iron Eyes. Uh, she would later dismiss these claims as homophobic. Uh, Miller is also charged at this point with burglary after stealing bottles of alcohol from a private residence. In May of 2022, Miller claimed the home was that of a childhood friend who uh, had allowed them to enter the premises to obtain rice wine for cooking. Uh, later this month... Uh, like you do later this month me, uh, later this month Miller would uh, release a public apology through their rep claiming to be seeking professional help for their complex mental health issues uh, in November 2022 James Gunn and Peter Safran are announced as the new heads of DC Studios and would be spearheading a soft reboot of the DCEU calling the future of the shared universe into question in the wake of the box office disappointments of black Adam and Shazam theory of the gods. Uh, it was the two of them that would ultimately reshoot the films, this film's ending to the one seen in the final theatrical release. Uh, December, 2022 reports begin to surface that Henry Cavill and Jason Momoa had filmed cameos for the film. However, just as quickly Henry Cavill's, um, cameo is reported as having been cut along with Gal Gadot's due to DC's decision not to move forward with sequels of Man of Steel and Wonder Woman 1984. Obviously one of those decisions was reversed. The other was not. Um, January, 2023, James Gunn tweets that the flash is quote, probably one of the best superhero movies ever made. Hmm. 
February 2023, after meeting with David Zaslav, who was praising the film in his presence, Tom Cruise asked to see it and to send a copy to his Beverly Hills home. Uh, Cruise so enjoyed his private screening that he called up the director to praise the film himself, claiming it was, quote, everything you want in a movie. Last page, guys. Even Stephen King liked it, too. And you know what? I kind of look. I I really think this movie is fantastic. So I kind of agree with all of those things. And look, Stephen, if, if you trust James Gunn to do everything that he's supposed to do and to make the things that, that you straight up love, he straight up loves this movie, dude. I, so I, it's it's so it's so weird. There's no accounting for taste, I guess. But no, no, I agree, and I, I think James Gunn is the kind of guy, especially from where he came from, that can appreciate a lot of things that maybe some people can't. Right. I I mean I think his a the, kindred got, spirit, if you will. Man got his start in trauma, so like okay. that that's to be expected for sure. I'll bet he likes Pootie Tang. Just saying. I bet he does. Look, and and just because I I admire his filmmaking doesn't mean that he and I share the same taste or sensibility. No, no, that's that's not that's not what so, I was implying. I was just saying that I, I I I don't know. I think the point is that it. I think it takes someone that can appreciate uh, all different kinds of things to make the kind of things that James Gunn does because he takes the good parts out of some of those things that other people thinks are shitty. Sure, and turns them into something that every everyone can appreciate. And I think he understands like basic storytelling structure and things like that enough to to be able to craft. Uh, again, I think that's why the Guardians films are some of the most affecting in the MCU is that he really uh, and he he crafts all three of those films as one cohesive story to the extent that like you're paying off things in the third movie that he sets up at the beginning of the first one. And it's it's a it's it's maybe the best superhero trilogy ever made because there's not a weak film in it. Like it's just, I agree. I agree with you, Steven completely. I think every guardians of the galaxy movie is leagues better than the flash film, but in the same breath, if you asked me if I wanted to watch any of those or the flash, I'd say probably nine out of 10 times. I'd say the flash. Oh, see, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to do that, but that's wild. It is, and and this is me saying that I recognize that all three of those films individually, not even together, are leagues better than The Flash. But I think, I don't know, for me, this is kind of the perfect popcorn movie, but it's also, I don't know, it has its, its roots in things that can be a little more highbrow. So, I don't know, it's it's difficult to explain, but even though the guardians movies are better to me, this film is more entertaining. It has more replay value for me. At least the third one. I don't know the, the, the first one and the second one, it would be a, a tough decision. If somebody gave me a choice, I'd be like, Oh, I don't know. But the, the third, third one, one is such an emotional gun the punch. Best, punch. I would agree. Arguably the best of the series. And I remember when I saw it, mm-hmm. I was even like, this is the best of the series, but, I'd much rather watch the first two any day. It, it's just because it even though it's a better punch. movie, it's yeah. just not as entertaining. It doesn't have as much replay value. And that kind of goes with the territory when you're 
you know, trying to do more of a character-driven emotional film. So. Agreed. I mean, yeah, it's complicated, is what I'm saying. It's fucking complicated, you guys. But I love and, this movie, and it's complicated. It's, I mean, it, it it comes down to a matter of taste and preference, and this film kind of doesn't doesn't really do it for me. I'm glad it does it for you. It doesn't really work for me. I um, wish that it did for you because, and and this was something that I noticed in a lot of early reviews, and this was certainly true when I saw it. Everybody at the theater that I was at was fucking losing their shit over this movie. Like, I guess the people that didn't like it were just the loudest. But like, dude, everybody loved this movie when I went and saw it at the theater. Like, all the appropriate moments, people were going nuts. And like, I don't even like that kind of shit. Honestly, like, put me in an empty theater. Like, the communal... The communal experience is, uh, you know. See, I do. I was, I, mostly, I like the communal experience, but sometimes it on it, the movie. Don't sing along to Mary Poppins. Yeah, for for every Flash or Endgame experience, there is a Five Nights at Freddy's experience, and we just, you know, it happens. For me, it was um, uh, the a, a Quiet Place. That was the one that annoyed me because there were like people like on their phones in that movie and i was just it took everything in my power not to just chuck popcorn at them do you guys but, say something to him steven like like no, i said like i said to those kids say anything in because that movie is like you can hear a pin drop during that movie that's kind of why i liked it and why i wanted it to be better is because you've got people all around you and no one is making a sound because they're so engrossed in that movie except the, the ticking of their keyboards on their smartphones i'm saying steven you gotta say shit to people at movie theaters because you paid a lot you paid a lot to be there and like man when i saw across the spider-verse dude there was these kids would not shut up about 20 minutes in i just shouted across the 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 hall the the what's that thing called you walked up the aisle and i was like yo shut the fuck up and you know what they didn't say shit the rest of the movie. I'm just saying, sometimes you just got to let people know how fucking rude they're being. And then well, you can enjoy the rest of your movie that you paid 20 fucking bucks to see. But, but I would say, for every time that that works, there's three times where you either get into a fist fight or shot after that. Depending so, on where you are, yeah. Depending on where you are. You're, you're rolling the dice. Oh, yeah. Context matters, for sure. Rules are rules. But context matters. That's that's what I teach all of my incoming camp hosts, <laughs> and it's true in a, in a lot of different contexts. It does. All right, almost done, guys. April twenty twenty three, the Flash premieres at CinemaCon, where it receives mostly positive reviews, despite unfinished special Crowds effects. Crowds love it. Crowds love it. Um, although later, a lot of uh, attendees to CinemaCon would say that the special effects really did not improve. Based on what they saw at CinemaCon, yeah, that's what I've heard. That there wasn't much change. That that, that pretty much the unfinished effects there really were the finished effects. Um, Muschietti confirms his initial assembly cut was four hours long, prompting fans to immediately a mistake it for a director's cut and b beg to see it. Uh, I don't want a four-hour cut of this movie. Release the machete cut. No. no. No, look, I I would love (laughs) I would love to see the stuff that they cut out of this, but I don't need a longer version. It would be like it's like the director's cut of the Frighteners, 
it's fun to see all that different stuff, but nah. Mm-hmm. Same with Payback. Like, oh, that's a completely different movie, but I kind of like the one the studio fucked with better. Sometimes studio meddling works. Most times it doesn't. But look, an assembly cut is not a director's cut. An assembly no. cut is just, <laughs> it, it is the first draft of, of a, of a, of basically it's the first draft of a story. It's and putting the script as on it exists. the screen yes. and then going in and seeing what works and what doesn't after you fucking shot it. What helps the pacing hurts the pacing, what you need to reshoot, what you, what it, it you, you, it's there to help you figure out what works. It is not yep. a director's cut. Quit nope. calling an assembly cut, a director's cut bitches. It ain't the same. Truth. Finally, June, 2023, despite rave reviews from studio heads and participants at early test screenings, the Flash is released in theaters to a disappointing $55 million opening weekend and a B cinema score tying with Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice as the lowest rated cinema score for a DCEU film. Have these people seen like, uh, you know, Black Adam? Black Adam got a B plus. Oh, must it's that Pierce. It's the Pierce Brosnan bump, dude. Must be. And look, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. We've 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 mentioned him on this podcast before. Uh, big big ass star. Yeah, dude. He puts the butts in the seats. He well, not not the Black Adam seats, but most other movie seats. Yes, he will. He, he he's supposed to put the butts in the seats. That's yeah. That's that's, that's his whole that's reason. Why, for being. That's why you hire him. Yeah. Right. Well, even even his stock in Hollywood is dropping. So. Hmm. Uh, Patrick H. Willems, one of my favorite YouTube essayists, did a, a really great uh, essay a while back about uh, when uh, when actors become brands, specifically focusing on uh, The Rock and Ryan Reynolds and their kind of descent from uh, actors to just brands unto themselves. Uh, it's a really interesting uh, essay, for sure. I, I would argue you can pull yourself out of that, though. Um, because, for example, like, I but think... If you're in, making money, do you want to? That that becomes the question. I don't know. Like, as as an artist myself, I'd like to think, you know, I would, I would use uh, the method that people like Nick Cage use. You know, one for them, one for me. One for them, one for me. You know, one for the paycheck, and then something I really fucking want to do. Mm-hmm. But so often that because so few movies are getting made, that becomes a more and more difficult prospect. So now in 20 right now, so few movies compared to what compared to when so few movies are being made. Well, okay. So many, so, so few different kinds of movies. Let me say that Uh, it's, it's mostly the same kinds of movies. It's either Oscar bait or big budget shit. The mid budget movie is gone. I would argue that there are more kinds of movies now than there ever have been. Every genre is represented like every fucking day. Like every streaming service has every movie and there are hundreds of them that come out. I'm not saying any of them are good. Streaming service though. That's the difference. I'm talking theatrical, man. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. I mean, but you, I I don't know. Well, I don't know. Uh, I, I hope hate not, that because I don't want that to be the case. I seriously yeah. hate that, and I hope it's not true. But I feel like, well, streaming is not a sustainable business model either, though. That's the no. problem. So if streaming goes and theaters go, then movies are dead, and that's not going to happen. No, 
I think I think theaters will sustain themselves on new releases, and they found another uh, income source, which is the fact that it's so easy to play movies now. Whereas before digital, there was a lot of effort put into putting a movie on the screen. Like even as far as like, well, even once it gets to the theater, there's a lot of work that goes into it. Now, since you have digital, you can play anything at any time. And so that's why there's so many re-releases, even if it's just for a day. Like you look at, at your local theater, especially your big chains, every week you've got two or three classics that you could go and see a couple times that week, just random stuff. Like, like this summer at Regal, they did all the Ghibli movies. Mm, they, I mean, they do that every summer, but yeah. I mean, they, they do that kind of shit all the time. You can watch all the Indiana Jones, all the old ones. They've got the, uh, the Phantom events. They're constantly running. Like you can watch movies. concerts. You can watch Broadway plays, operas. Yeah. The movie theater like, I go to does flashback cinema. Like they have every week they have a new, Old school movie up, up soon, upcoming. Escape from New York. I think I'm gonna go see that. Yeah, dude. I think I think that's what's gonna keep theaters alive. I think is because you've got. I think the new releases alone don't, but the fact that they've been supplementing with classic releases, um, I think it's 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 gonna sustain them for a while. I hope so, man. I I love the theatrical experience. I love going to movie theaters. I love. I love everything about it, but like, yeah, it's, it's become a lot easier to access movies at home. Yeah. But I mean, at at the same time, you can, it's much easier to have, uh, I know theaters are eclectic now is what I'm saying. Like, Mm. like I said before, you know, you got new releases, you've got cult classics, you've got regular classics, you've got Broadway plays. You've got concert. You can do anything in a movie. If you can film it, it's in the movie theater now. I'm sure that they probably, you could probably go watch like a sports game. They probably have that at the movie theater sometimes. The sports are being broadcast in 4K now. You could pop that up on a screen. I'm sure that exists. You can do anything in a movie theater now. I'm just saying, everything being digital, you can do everything in a movie. You could probably fucking play video games in a movie theater if you wanted to. I know people actually do, not publicly. Yeah. But- I've 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 heard yeah. that you can rent out theaters to do that. Yeah, so it's yeah. possible. Yeah, yeah. Have you but done the other that? Thing Brad? Is it, uh, no, I wish I could have. Um, I would like to at some point. Um, but the other thing also that ruins the theater experience is exactly what we were talking about earlier. Like after the pandemic, people got so used to sitting in their you know own home and watching mm-hmm. a movie, that they sort of forgot how to watch a movie. Um, right. They're they're way more vocal and will talk over stuff and don't care about being on their phone or shouting something out. Like I don't know what happened, but it's kind of annoying nowadays. So I yeah. I always try to uh, the the regal I normally go to. You pick your seat when you buy your ticket online, hmm. and I always uh, try to find either the earliest or the latest showing. And I always check to see if my seat is available and how many people are going to be in there. And uh, depending on the movie, I I try to go for the least amount of people in the theater. Yeah, I think that's the move. Yeah, yeah. which mostly works. Sometimes it doesn't. Me and my dad went to go see Iron Claw this past weekend. and uh, Ooh, how was that? We, it, it was really good. I quite enjoyed Sweet. it. 
Um, I'll I talk about it more out. whenever we record. Whatever oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, when we bought the tickets, we were like the only person in the theater. When we got there, there were still not very many people in the theater, but four people decided they were just going to sit next to us for no discernible reason. I, and like right of, next to you too, not yes. leaving a seat between like right. elbow to elbow. Why yeah. the fuck are you they, sitting? They here? actively Correct. chose to sit next to two other people when the rest of the theater had to have been mostly empty. I didn't yeah. get like, it. I didn't understand uh, it. I the, look, the mo- a movie theater seat is equivalent to a urinal. If you can leave a space, you leave a fucking space. Yeah, You're absolutely. Sick. Yeah, no, I need to I spread out, you know. Buffer seat, man. Unless, unless there's no other option, you do what you got to do. Yeah, and there were plenty of other options. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I've, I've, I've had that happen. In fact, I, I think one time I went to the theater and was talking uh, to my partner, not super loudly, but just talking about how much I hated it when people like would just get seats right next to two other people on purpose, and the person sitting next to me, I think they moved down like two seats, and I was like, I think they heard me, but. They're not sitting next to me anymore, so we're doing okay. I've moved over before because of that. Actually, when I saw this movie at the movie theater. Which time? It was, uh, I only saw it once at the theater. Oh, okay. I've watched it three times on Max. Um, But at at the theater, when I saw it, it was, the theater was probably about 60, 70% full. So you didn't, you didn't have to sit next to anybody in the back row. Uh, there was enough room to where this lady and her kid did not have to sit directly next to me, but they did anyway. And after the previews, I just stood up and got went over to the next seat so that there was a seat between us. I'm not trying to sit next to somebody's nasty kid. Like, kids are right. gross, dude. Yeah, they are. They're gross as fuck. I know, I've got them. Straight up, <laughs> straight up have the children. <laughs> I have they're the nasty, children. dude. they fucking nasty. Uh, just mostly because they don't even know no better. They're just they just no, dude. It's not their fault. Like I mean, kids are dumb too. Like there's a lot of negative things about kids. It's just not their fault. Like that's right. why you can't get mad at them. I mean, you can, but you're gonna like to differ. <laughs> that's just my opinion. Brett's I, like, I, will, I will snap a six year old's neck. Like I'll give a fuck <laughs> without hesitation. Sure. <laughs> like oh, Superman at the end of Man of Steel. Wow, yeah, oh, he's so cute. Just done. Just done. <laughs> go to sleep. Go to sleep. Go to sleep. Like <laughs> like Steven Seagal toward the end of one of his movies. Da, 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 da. Yeah, just like that. Exactly, just like that. <laughs> oh God. Um. So yeah, this movie, man. Like, I don't know. I, I, it felt to me like it was. And I know it wasn't originally intended to kind of be the death knell of the DCEU, but now when I watch it, I can't help but think of it as the death knell of the DCEU because we're going back to like the first movie. And that's like a last movie kind of thing where you go back to the first one and you like replay the the greatest hits. But, you know, you, we bring back Zod, we bring back um, like the Kryptonian invasion and the world also- engines. You finally get, even though it's kind of a, a a weird way to do it, you actually get an on-screen Flash origin. You they do. kind of finagle it, but you know, right? It's not it's not specifically an origin movie, but they work it in there. It's origin uh, adjacent. 
kind of like Zack Snyder works in the Batman origin for the trillionth time in Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. Yeah. I love those super cuts. Every time a new Batman comes out, they add another one. Yeah, they it's, it's <laughs> love those two. Every just watch Bruce Wade's parents die like 12 times <laughs> in 5 minutes. Let's do it. Let's fucking go. And I think that was the that was the impetus for and it, it may have been Dawn of Justice was the one where like fuck, do we really need to see this guy's parents die again? We get it. We know. Like it's one of the most famous origin stories on the planet. Like we get it. Let's move on. Why do we need to keep rehashing this? Yeah, Mainly so Zack gets... Snyder can do the slow-mo with the, with the pearls. That's really Look, why. And yeah. every time Bruce Wayne gets bitten by the radioactive bat, like it never gets old, never gets old for me. Just, you know, just a classic superhero origin, really. Yeah, dude. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't like, again, I, I want, I do like, like, I'm, I'm interested in reading Morrison and Miller's treatment for this movie because I think, the two of them would have been able like Morrison has written the flash both for the flash title and in various crossover events and in justice league. Like I know they have a good handle on what that character is. And I think that movie would have been more, I think it would have had some flashpoint elements, but I think it would have been more purely a flash story. Whereas this feels more, like a Batman story than a flash story in a lot of ways, despite the fact that you do have Ezra Miller pretty much on screen, the whole movie, at like, least one Ezra Miller on screen, least, the whole movie. Yeah. At um, least one. Another thing, despite there's two of them, but yeah, despite the things that, that they have done and, and the mental health uh, issues that they need to seek treatment for, I think they act wonderfully against themselves in this movie. And that I think is where the special effects, that's where all the attention for the special effects I think was really paid because that stuff works really well and looks great. It's the, like all the rest of the rubber shit that you get throughout the rest of the movie, like the, 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 the baby shower and the, the Kryptonian fight and the fight in Siberia and the, the chronosphere, like all that shit is just rubbery as hell. Yeah. I, I, I know, but like I say, I mean it's it's better than Blade 2, and that's Wow. Wow. Just, yeah. just wow. But again, that wow. Blade 2 is early two thousand CGI. I know, I it's, know. I'm... It's supposed to be better than Blade 2. Look, I'm saying I recognize that there's a problem and I acknowledge that. But I like this movie. So, you know, when you like something so much, sometimes you're you're willing to to look over some some obvious red flags. Yeah, uh, you guys. Don't as, I know it? Yeah. As 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 men, don't we know that? Yes, we do. <laughs> Intimately. That's this movie for me. Like I recognize the issues, but I'm having so much fucking fun. I just don't care. So many plot holes in this movie. Like. Like when Barry faces to the floor, why the first time his clothes don't go with him, but every time after that it does. Just so many things like that in this movie that don't make sense. But as soon as I think about them, the movie grabs me back and it's like, I, I don't think about that. Come here. And I'm like, okay, I'll follow. What's going on? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which is which is very typical of a time travel movie anyway, though. Right. Yeah. If it's you stop be. at any point in any time travel movie and think about things too hard, it all falls mm-hmm. apart. You're it's full of the, the look over here. Hey, check this out. Like, uh, oh, he gets shot in the knee, but 
he, but he doesn't heal right away. Like he does literally every other time that he gets injured in any way. Yeah. Um, because they want the character to be limping for Why? a while. So the movie can happen. Um, and I ev- respect it. Every fucking time they ask a character in the movie to help them, they're like, no. And then like a minute and a half later, they're like, oh, no, wait, I'm in. And, and, and there's like, we don't see any of their like interiority. There's no characterization. There's no arc. It's just that, oh, well, I guess the movie has to happen. Oh, okay, well, then I'm on And board. do you remember, remember the big deal they made about him running out of energy by not eating? Yeah, that never gets revisited again in the movie. Well, see, that's what I'm saying. I understand the flaws of this movie, but it's such a good damn time. I just, I'm not going to say I don't care. It just doesn't matter enough to me to where it ruins my good time. I'm I'm, I'm also not going to lie. I find Ezra Miller's portrayal of Barry really fucking annoying. And then oh, I yeah, find the their portrayal of younger best. Barry even more annoying. I love it. I love it because you're like, oh my God, this guy's insufferable. And then he meets himself who's even more insufferable. And then you, the person you thought was insufferable, you are now on the same side with being like, this guy is wow. No, I'm, (laughs) I'm like the trade federation guy from Phantom Menace. This is getting out of hand. Now there's two of them. That's what I'm thinking. (laughs) I like it. I like the juxtaposition between the two. I like the, the slightly older but still annoying as fuck Barry because I feel like if if I were in the same situation, holy shit, I would like I'm annoyed with myself most of the time anyway, just because I'm so empathetic. Like I can kind of see it's it's easier for me to sort of see how things I do are viewed. Uh, and well, so you do understand how we feel. OK, yes. No, I get it. I, I get how annoying I am. I understand. I promise you. <laughs> So, like, that's what I love about this movie, because I know if I went back 10 years, I would... Oh, my God. Fucking... Well, it's, it's, it's like that um, Red versus Blue sketch about tattoos. They're like, you know, look at a piece of art you did 10 years ago. Is it good? No, because you were a fucking idiot. Now, you're still the same fucking idiot. It's just going to take you another 10 years to realize how big a fucking idiot you are right now. Like, Absolutely. And I've kind of lived my life by that mantra, honestly. Yep. Like real ones, no. Would not have expected a red versus blue reference from you, Stephen. I'm impressed. I mean, look, college was a wild time. I had I had friends that liked video games, and honestly, I just thought they were really fun. I didn't I didn't understand that they were referencing like Halo, but I just was like, oh no, me neither. I still watch that shit anyway. Yeah, it was fun. It was goofy, goofy as hell. Actively disliked Halo, really, honestly, which probably makes. I hate everyone. I voted for Nader. Like, yeah, I love that shit. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Absolutely agree. And the, you know, well, well, well-crafted characters, fun stories, uh, just goofy, goofy, silly fun. What's yeah. not to like? Indicative of early 2000s internet. Yeah. So, I'm, Brett, I feel like you might come somewhere in between Tucker and I on this one. Like, where, where, where do you, I do. Where do you kind of stand on some of the stuff we've, we've been hitting on? I mean, as as it like, stands, I pretty much am right in the middle of the two of you. I don't hate it, but I certainly don't love it. Um, and I've agreed with pretty much everything both of you have said. I really got nothing to say. <laughs> like, I'm so middle of the road on this movie that I don't really have any opinions. Like, it's I, I loved it when I first saw it just because, God damn, do I love a good time travel movie. Sure. Um, just, God, it's one of my favorite genres. Um, I don't know why. It just fascinates me. 
Um, but like, I've always loved parallel universes and time travel. Mm-hmm. Who knew? Right. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, like once the more I thought about it, and especially watching it this time, as yeah, this, no, it dropped a whole star uh, mm. for me in terms of rating. Um, but still lands solidly in the middle. Spoilers, but like. So I guess what what depreciated for you on this viewing as opposed to your previous one? Uh, all of it. Uh, like I didn't, <laughs> I didn't really, I didn't nothing really. Nothing specific then. Gotcha. I didn't clock. Yeah, nothing specific really, except for like maybe like I didn't clock the CGI being really terrible at the time. Like I don't. Know, I mean, you. I I really thought the only bad CGI was at the end. Like you mentioned, the other parts were just bad CGI. And I guess I didn't really notice them. Um. But I mean, yeah, all the plot holes, like you know, more so than your normal time travel movie, mm. um, and just the knowing how inconsequential all of it is, right? None of none of this matters. Um, but and this I know you I was going to say you're you're big on the whole. If it doesn't matter, I don't want to watch it. Kind of like if you know a TV show is going to get canceled. And I like I because I recommended you the Tick, the Amazon Prime show, the Tick, and you're like, I mean, well, I know it, hell. it is. I mean, but but well, I watched said, I watched all the first season, right? And I was like, once I knew it was canceled, I hadn't got to season two yet, and I found out it was canceled, and I was like, well, I guess I'm not going to finish it, right? Which is a bummer because there's some good shit in season two. Yeah, there's good shit, but like, it has no satisfying ending. So like, I'm I'm not the kind of person, and y'all should know this by now. I'm not the kind of person that's just like, that's that's a really good movie, and like that just in a bubble. Like I'm mm-hmm. not I'm not that kind of person. No, like, you're I need, not. I need more than that. Than just, Man, that's a good thing, and you should watch it. I need more than that. May I say to you that um, not every problem has a solution. No. Sometimes you just have to let it go, Brett. You know, sometimes there's a cliffhanger that never gets resolved. But the journey there was so good; it's worth watching. Mm. I can't yeah. say I've ever experienced that. So, yeah, well. speaking of yeah. things that piss me off about this movie, um, the whole lesson that he's supposed to learn is to let go, to let go of his his mom, and to let go of the things that he's attempting to change and control. Uh, and yet, at the end of the movie, he can't help himself but put the tomatoes on the top shelf so that when his father goes in to pick up the tomatoes while his mother is being murdered, he's forced to look up to the top shelf to grab the tomatoes and thus the security footage absolves him. So he, he doesn't try to save his mother, but then does go ahead and save his father and free well, because, him. From because that truly is inconsequential outside of the one thing that he's doing it for like george like how many clooney things begs to differ my friend how many things outside of george clooney are going to change in this universe because some tomatoes got changed to too higher i don't man you ever seen yeah. the butterfly effect yeah this is this is I the point have. and i like that movie too I so do i i think it's really good i think ethan, it's, ethan supley and and aston yeah. kutcher and like, fucking is, is, what's is it next? aston kutcher yes but is it a smart. great movie anyway Hell yeah, it's a great dude. Movie. But you know, everybody has their moments, and that's Aston Kutcher's moment right there. Butterfly it effect is. for it sure. Absolutely is, yeah. 
But yeah, the more times you try to change the past, you're just going to fuck it up. The more, more you're going to fuck it up, yep. Yeah. Can't, yeah, can't change the past. But yeah, I mean, he should have like, listened, listened to Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne, Ben Affleck, Bruce Wayne should have taken him up on this offer to get some food because maybe he could have talked to him more and then we wouldn't have had this issue. It's honestly, it's Batman's fault. Does this movie even exist? So if you want to get mad at somebody, get mad at Batman. I would rather get rap, get get angry with the screenwriter, but that's no, dude. That's my prerogative. Batman wrote this script, Steven. <laughs> <laughs> Movie penned by Let me see. Oh, Batman! Interesting. Oh, Wait, Bruce Wayne is Batman. What did you think we were doing here? Um, Oddly left out of your seventy-nine pages of history, right? Cousins um, dinner. Cousins dinner. the The one scene in this movie that real that really was affecting for me was the scene where he does say goodbye to his mom. Like that one was that one really hit. Like I was like, if if the whole movie could have been this, I would have liked this so much more. But this is not what this movie wanted to be, um, which bummed me out. But I uh, know I thought that that scene worked really well. Um, I, I really liked both of the performances that Ezra Miller and uh, Mirabelle Verdu were giving. Uh, or Yo, she was great in that whole in the whole movie, man. She is like the sweetest, most wholesome lady. Mm-hmm. Like, it, there's no way you blame the Flash for any any dumb mistake that he makes because that lady is just a ray of fucking sunshine. She is. I would have done all that dumb shit for her too if she was my mom. Right. And I and yeah uh, motivations completely understandable like and again what who wouldn't want to save them and that's i think another scene that i think could have should have worked a lot better the scene with bruce wayne and and barry i just don't think it was really well written really well executed but the scene where they're basically talking about you know bruce says i've been trying my whole life to resurrect my parents to bring my parents back you actually did it like just that the kind of the commonalities the things that bring them together which i think is why bruce is warning him against it at the beginning the ben affleck bruce is warning him against it at the beginning is because he's he's been down this road and he knows there's no way out of it yeah and and the means that he has used have have been you know pretty grounded whereas barry's talking about literally changing the fabric of space time so like calm down barry calm the fuck down but but that decision at the at the end with the tomatoes, it just it felt like it undercut the whole thematic through line of the movie in that he's he's the one telling his alternate darker self, you need to let go. And um, he can't. He, he still can't, even though he knows what could potentially happen by not doing it. He, he just can't help himself. And I and think that, that's that's in the writing. That's the problem. Like if. if... If it had just they're been trying to be cute. Mom. Well, there's well, a yeah. better ending there. You know, there's a better ending there. You said it yourself that this is not the original ending, right? Like well, we can it, talk like, about that here in a second, but yeah, I'd love to know what that original one was, and I would love to see it. And I'm sure it was more uh, fitting for what they were going for with the tone, but because it's a right. lot easier. Like if it was just his mom, and he has to let go of his mom dying, that's it. But there's that other little wrinkle of his dad going to jail that like you have to resolve that because you've set it up. Mm-hmm. And if you don't resolve that, it doesn't feel satisfying like that. They shot themselves in the foot, wrote themselves into a corner. Other metaphor here. Like it's just <laughs> it's it's you can't 
Like it needed to be one or the other. It did you're like you're saying it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't kind of pretty situation. Much, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I can I can definitely see that. It, it, yeah, I just it it doesn't it doesn't work. I think it undercuts a lot of the, the thematic. What what does work thematically about this movie? I just think it undercuts all of it. In the oh last yeah, no, moments, I, I'm agreeing with you. I'm just okay. saying they they fucked themselves over by putting that other part that needed to be resolved in a satisfying way for the audience to be happy. Right. Because like well, any any other storyline where they're like you got to let go, it's always the parent died or somebody died, mm-hmm. and you got to let them go. That's easy to let go because when you go back, they're still dead. You've let them go. But now well, when he goes not... back, it's like there's his dad in jail and like, oh, okay, I'm going to tell my dad to go fuck himself because of what I did in like... Well, and it's time. not exactly a surprise. If you're surprised by that decision, then what movie you, were you watching? It's been happening to characters the entire time. Oh, sure. Like with yeah. Batman, when they, when they meet Bruce Wayne, he's a hermit. He's a recluse. But he seems to be in good spirits and he's doing all right, dude. He's essentially over being Batman. Which means he's over, right. you know, his parents being dead. I'm not over it, but like he's to a place to where he can not dress up like a bat and beat people up because his parents died, you know. And there were and apparently then, some scenes that were filmed that like talk about, go into more detail about what happened after like Batman Returns and his art following that and what led him to that point. But those were all cut from the movie for time and pacing, I'm sure. Well, and, and the whole arc with Batman, I think, sort of foreshadows what happens with Flash. Like, yeah, he is, he's he's letting go, and he's he's trying to move forward. But, and that's the whole Batman arc. It's like he's done, he's good, but then something comes along to where he's like, well, yeah, I guess I guess I kind of have to do that. And I think with Barry, it's the same thing. He lets go of his mom. It's a really big thing, but also he's got his dad in fucking limbo in his own timeline. And if you can do something small, like does it go against everything that he's learned? Yes, but he's a human being and so are you and I, and you know, you do the same fucking thing. I'm just saying, I, I, I appreciated that. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. Don't look up it. as if you would not make that exact same choice given the situation, Stephen. Don't yeah, you dare. I, I don't know. I, I well, here's the thing. I'm never going to be put in that situation, so it's well, no. But like, I, I know you well enough to know you would not make that. You would make the same decision. Come on. Um, the Cronus. Before I get into the ending, I want to talk Chronosphere. I want to talk those dead-eyed cameos. The Chronosphere, which is located, let me check here, directly in the middle of the Uncanny Valley. Okay, that makes sense. Um, Because everyone there looks like they are coated in a layer of wax. Um, And and again, I think if that's the CGI that's supposed to look shitty, it makes sense. Because that doesn't bother me as much as like the reigning babies. Um, The, in addition- I'm glad it's consistent because I feel like they could- have put mm. in real clips from some of those. Yeah. But to maintain consistently, they just animated all of them, I mm-hmm. guess. And I'm into that. Nicholas Cage sure. did come back to mo- basically do a mo- mocap performance where he didn't really move or say anything. He just did it all in his eyes. He just uh, captured his face, basically. Basically, yeah. Um, uh, but he said they didn't... All, everything he shot was not used. Oh, Interesting. Yeah. yeah, but I don't I don't know that Nicolas Cage really understands the technology, so I don't know if he would be the person to uh, um, trust the interpretation of what was or was not used. Because they got to de-age him and all that, too, so... Yeah. 
how um, dare you besmirch the good name of Nicholas Cage? No, I no, trust no. Nicholas Cage. We love Nick Cage, but we, we stand a legend. I'm just saying, realistically, it's Nick Cage. Um, in addition to the cameos from Nick Cage, Adam West, Christopher Reeve, uh, Helen Slater, and George Reeves, there were additional cameos planned, which would have featured Marlon Brando's Jor-El, Linda yes. Carter's Wonder Woman, please, the uh, Burgess Meredith Penguin, and Cesar Romero's Keep Joker. Keep going. Don't stop, Stephen. I'm, I'm close. <laughs> I got one more. I got one more. Good Lord. Um, uh, the and then it was mentioned that Grant Gustin's Barry Allen from the Arrowverse would have also been uh, was was on the short list as well. Although Gustin claims that neither he nor his agents were ever approached about appearing in the film, so it, that may have been just one of those we we kind of wanted to, but eventually didn't. Uh, there's no real word on wh- how far any of those got, but Machete basically says the list was long and it. Could that sequence could have gone on for ever days? Um, yeah, so we'll get the, get particularly the, if you're the referencing serials. every DC thing ever, like it get could the have Batman gone. from the old serials, the black and white serials. Get that guy in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's let's yeah. just throw everybody in there. Show all the animated stuff. Fucking Dean Cain and Terry Hatcher. Yeah. And yes, fucking please. Smallville, everything for Smallville. Yeah. Yeah. Tom yeah. Welling, John Wesley. Should just you know, don't get Allison Mack back. That's get Dietrich that. Bader in there at some point. You know, hell yeah, yeah animated, animated Dietrich Bader. Get the get the you know the Bruce Tim animated. All the different animal. versions of the the animated movies. You get Peter mm-hmm. Weller in that bitch. Use some yeah, some dude. archive archive some, sound from Kevin Conroy. Some Jensen Ackles, yeah. Get everybody in there, dude. Um, so the ending. Let's move on to the ending because we were. That's kind of where we were, and I wanted to pivot back to the Chronosphere. Um, but we're this, already really long. Oh, you guys, it's getting really late. I'm tired. Uh, the CinemaCon ending was just Barry Allen looking uh out from the from the courthouse steps at as the foot of bruce wayne steps out of the car and that's when they smash cut to credits so the CinemaCon ending gave nothing away at all um just complete ambiguity exactly um however uh machete filmed footage uh initially of michael keaton's bruce wayne and sasha kaye's supergirl appearing outside the courthouse at the finale and i think gal gadot's wonder woman might have been there as well um, the implication being that those two are going to replace Affleck and Cavill, respectively, in the DCEU going forward. That would then have set up a sequel to this movie, which would have been uh, based on the events of the classic 1985 storyline, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Um, and then Keaton also, of course, as we mentioned earlier, was brought on to the uh, ultimately shelved Batgirl movie uh, in his capacity as the elder statesman Batman replacing Affleck. Um, however, after Walter Hamada stepped down and uh, James Gunn and Peter Safran were brought in, that ending was retooled to feature George Clooney's Bruce Wayne instead, um, which created, I think, a lot of confusion because I think there were some people who were like, wait, so is Clooney Batman now? which Clooney cleared up, I think just a couple of weeks ago, as of the recording of this episode, uh, when he said that there were not enough drugs in the world to get him to play Batman again. Uh, A role he absolutely hated. And look, I've said this before on paper, 
Clooney should be the best Batman. On paper, he is the best. In 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 actuality, that movie was awful. I disagree. He's got too much and swagger. It did him no favors. He's got but... too much swagger. I think. No, oh, I think I think I think he could have been really good. No. But again, no. I don't think the script did him. Not even way. then. Not even then. Would he have been okay? Maybe. It would have been a lot of had to been a lot of miracles happening to make Clooney a good Batman. I think, and I love fucking love George Clooney, like from from Return of the Killer Tomatoes that far back. Clooney fan right here. Sure, sure. But he's not. He's I mean, he's not Batman. He's not Batman. Some people just aren't Batman. And he's not Batman. Uh, I'm Batman. Yeah. Do you believe in Batman? I'm Batman. I'm Batman. Um, this movie is Hold really. Up. Oh. Hold up. Hold up. I got to real quick. Like Tucker dusted some dust off a little while ago, maybe an hour and a half ago. Um, I don't, <laughs> don't remember. Maybe two hours. I lost track of time. Um, <laughs> what is time anymore? Honestly. Is, honestly, uh, yeah. But let's... it's not linear according to this movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. let's, let's roll through it real quick. Um, so the, the welcome to the video game corner, everybody. Hey, um, there was coin. there was I like that. I like that. Let's see what you did there. Um, we'll there was that. actually a flash focused video game that came out in 1993 based on the flash TV series. Mm. Um, it was available for the Sega master system, ladies and gentlemen, um, and the game boy. <laughs> weird, really weird release there. I don't really, yeah, that is odd. The master system and the game boy, not, not the Nintendo, not, not anything else. No. Real weird. Um, and apparently the one on the game boy was different and was released in 91. So uh, who knows? Um, uh, but outside of that, the Flash has just sort of appeared in random ensemble games. Uh, he's most... in Marvel or in uh, uh, MK versus DCU, and he's in both the Injustices, right? Yes, he that is also sense. he's also in the Lego um, games. Various... Yep. Oh, yeah, who isn't? Yeah, well, yeah, he's very various iterations of him. Um, he's in the DC Legends mobile game, like. Oh, do you remember that fighting game, that Justice League fighting game that came out in the eighties for or in the nineties for like the Genesis? He was in that, right? Yes, that is Justice League Heroes. Fuck, I forgot came about out, that. I rented that from Blockbuster, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm not spending any money on this." Yeah, they came out in two thousand six for the Xbox and PS two. I'm thinking, no, there was something for Genesis. I played a Justice oh, wait, no. League fighting game on the Genesis. That's the RPG that is pretty much just more the DC version of Marvel Ultimate Alliance. The uh, Justice League Task Force is the one you're thinking of for Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I think that I I rented it and like I just like didn't even play it for like the three or four days I had it after I st- I played it once and I was like this is fucking garbage. I'm gonna play Sonic Two, yeah. and that was the rest of my weekend. That seems to be the general consensus on that one. Uh, game poor controls, ugly animation, and generic presentation is what killed yeah. that one apparently. Yeah. So, yeah, but that's pretty much it. Um, oh, and, and the, the Infinite Crisis game that the Flash was in, makes um, sense. Which was the the MOBA, um, which I don't even remember the MOBA. Uh, but, but yeah, that's it. That that's is. all. Carry on. Let's hear about the box office, shall we? The box office. This film uh, comes out uh, June sixteenth, twenty twenty three. It opens at number one. 
to a uh, rather disappointing fifty-five million dollars. Um, Only because of its budget is I was that disappointing. Say, the budget because is, that's a pretty good weekend. The budget on unless this your budget is three hundred million dollars is two hundred. The, the reported budget is two hundred million. It was probably more than that. All based on what I heard after marketing and everything else is factored in. Um, the the final tally, the studio would have probably had to gross four hundred million on this thing to break even, uh, and they did not do that. This movie makes uh, just under or just over a hundred million domestic, another hundred and fifty eight million internationally for a total of uh, just shy of two hundred and seventy million worldwide. So it doesn't quite get halfway there or just, just gets half. We just gets a little over halfway there. It's um, so weird that a movie can make that much money and be a bomb. And like, I get it. I understand why that is, but it's just so, so wild. Movies to cost me. too much. I know. I know. That one of the many problems with the state of the industry. Today, I mean, we've kind of waxed eloquent about it for on and off for most of this episode, but like, like one of the many problems is that just movies just cost too fucking much to make. And they, they, the only reason is because we're just putting all sorts of spectacle and other bullshit on the screen instead of, you know, telling a good story. So, uh, but this film opens at number one and number two is the Disney Pixar release from this past year. Elemental, which I heard Never was also it. not good. I saw the trailer a hundred times and mm-hmm. it just, like how how lazy are you pixar at this point like, from my understanding it was like um it was zootopia but with elements basically is what there is it's a metaphor for racism and then we're not going to be subtle about yeah, it yeah no shit like it you know pixar used to be clever man what happened dude uh honestly as much as it hurts me to say this lassiter left um, and for, for all his, for all his problems with, uh, hugging people who don't want to be hugged, um, he understood story. So I, I think that has a lot to do with it. Uh, in third place down from number two, the week before in its third week is Spider-Man across the spider verse. Uh, one of my favorite films of this past year, for sure. Uh, in fourth place, in its second weekend, down from number one the previous week, Transformers: Rise of the Beasts. What if the beasts were rising? Um, when are we going to get to Rock Lords, guys? When's that going to drop, dude? Don't Transformers: don't Rock Lords. Fates. Don't even put that fucking out in the ether, man. We we gotta do like a multiverse Transformers versus GoBots. Transformers <laughs> versus the McDonald's Transformers toys. Where it's like fries and a burger and shit. Right. Oh, I'll see, you know, I want fries and a burger and shit. Well, I'm gonna go make a burger that. after this. But like, no, joking, dude. Joking aside, <laughs> no, dude. Um, honestly, I'd love to see the crossover they did in the comics with Transformers, Ghostbusters, and Ninja Turtles. I mean, they're getting ready to do. A, if, if the ending of Rise of the Beast is any indication, they're getting ready to do a uh, Transformers uh, GI Joe crossover on on the on the big screen. So. Yeah, Sounds like uh, more than meets the eye, you guys. There's I just want a live action Ecto One Transformer. That's all. Nice. He's really cool. He's really cool in the comics. I love him. He's my favorite. I bet you do. But... 
<laughs> yeah, hard hard to tell why that one would be your favorite, Brett. Nah, I have no idea why. Um, in fifth place, The Little Mermaid, um, which in its four weeks has grossed over $250 million. Didn't see it, uh, don't care. The In sixth place, uh, also opening this week, of The Blackening. Uh, which is uh, has made uh, just about six million little Lionsgate horror movie, um, rounding out the rest of the top ten. In seventh place, you've got Guardians Volume Three, uh, The Boogeyman in eighth, Fast X in ninth, and opening this week at ten is Wes Anderson's Asteroid City. I saw that. I saw that at the theater, which earned. $853,000 on six screens. You know, it's so weird, uh, his career, career trajectory right now. He makes the best movie that he's made since Rushmore and then immediate releases immediately releases the worst thing I've ever seen on Netflix. <laughs> How do you do that, Wes Anderson? How do you fucking do that? He's talented. Quit playing with my emotions, man. Quit fucking playing with my emotions. Like, I think you're back, right? I think you're back. And then, what the fuck? So Flash opens at number one. Its second weekend, it drops to three. Uh, and then the fourth weekend, it's down, or third weekend, it's down to eighth. And then in its fourth weekend, it's down to 11. And from there, it kind of just keeps dropping. I don't think it remains in theaters for very long. 13th the week after that. Like it just kind of keeps falling. So it word of mouth did not help that one. Uh, people did not get out to see it. Um, I think honestly, word of mouth hurt it because yeah. I think the voices uh, that were against it were a lot louder than the people who were having a good time with it because the people who were having a good time with it weren't the kind of people who were going to go like talk shit about a movie somewhere, you know? Right. Uh, yeah. That's normal. Any, any, anymore. Mm hmm. Well, Particularly, who hate it like will this. be the most vocal minority. Yeah, it's Particular, it's akin to like this. the review bombing uh, with video games and stuff. It's very similar to that. Like, I was gonna say really the Marvels, I think had a had a similar reception this year mm -hmm. too. Like, just a lot of bad faith actors talking about the things they, but they weren't gonna like it anyway. But Nobody were... has fucking integrity anymore. When it comes to no. that shit, man. We're all we're we're trying to we're. Come on, man. Let's work together and figure out how good movies are and if you're going to like it or not. Like, yeah. stop being an asshole. Uh, stop the turtleneck and drinking wine, man. <laughs> like an asshole. The Tomatometer score is a 63%. The critics' consensus: the Flash is funny, fast, fittingly fast-paced, and overall ranks as one of the best DC movies in recent years. Uh, the Metascore is a 55 based on mixed or average reviews from 55 critics. And the Letterbox score is a 2.7. Brett, out of five stars, how are you going to rank 2023's uh, The Flash? I'm going to give it a 2.5. 2.5 from Brett. Tucker, what about yourself? That's a four with a bullet. Four with a bullet. Uh, whereas that's a two for me, dog. Um, that's still that's still fair. Like I understand where you're coming from for sure. But so. yeah, it just two it, is fair. Yeah. Not not for me though. But yeah, I'm I'm glad you like it, Tucker. I am. 
Well, I'm I'm glad that even though you didn't like it, like a two is that's almost average. So you didn't like it, but it's a two, and I, I like that. I like that. That that feels good to me. I mean, there there it's higher are, than I was expecting from you. There yeah. there are things in there that do work for me. Like I like the um uh, I like that that scene at the end. I think is really well done. The the with the exception of the 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 raining babies, I like most of the stuff in the beginning. That uh, Batman I, shit at the beginning is I, fantastic. I actually didn't mind the the lasso of truth joke. Like a lot, I of thought people, that was funny too. I thought that was <laughs> pretty was funny. Really good. I love people like this isn't Bruce Wayne, and I'm like, get off your high horse. That's funny. Um, I liked the sandwich. I love how the, he had the asshole making like, a sandwich. Like if I love he all just that. like donated his money to help the poor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow, I would it's actually really create really more digs deep and just problems. the way Ben Affleck delivers it at like his face where he's like. Fuck. Yeah, like, like why I, this is it's kind of his coming to Jesus moment and him stuffing it down. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm too proud to ever admit that to ever thank anyone for helping me. Like all that shit is, I have childhood trauma too. Like all that shit is great. <laughs> oh um, my god. <laughs> yeah, and again, uh, Gadot's um her her cameo feels very perfunctory, but like the the stuff that happens as a result of her being there, I think works really well. Um, but yeah, that is our episode on 2023's The Flash. Uh, we're going to take next week off. We've had a year and we've earned it. So we're going to take next week off, but we're going to come back with a mini series slash theme month for the rest of January. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Uh, obviously, our, all of our patrons will get access to the uh, uh, to uh, the, the the slate at the beginning of the month. So here in just a few days. And patrons, watch out for a very special unenfranchised this month. One I've been looking forward to for a long, long time. One that has been uncharacteristically moved forward many times, no matter how annoying and insistent I am about it. Yeah, but he's it's been, happening. This, this it's is happening the wheel. This is the wheel he's been squeaking the longest. Honestly, okay. It's happening. So go to the Patreon, become a patron, and find out what that is. Because I assure you, if you I feel are, like you oh, should announce it to lock it in. That way we can't. No, 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 no. It's, it's you, locked in. It's locked in. All right. If you are a white male of a certain age, these are your people for good or for ill. And I can't wait to talk about those people with, with all of our patrons. Uh, speaking of which you can join our patreon at patreon.com slash disenfranchpod for five bucks a month you yes you can become a patron uh, get early access to uh, our entire slate of movies and uh, early access to know if we have guests coming or not and know who they are uh, and you also get bonus shows like unenfranchised disenfranchised oops all video game corner oops all christianity corner and so many more just five bucks patreon.com slash disenfranchpod uh, you can shoot us an email, disenfranchpod at gmail.com. Let us know how we're doing or what uh, what uh, failed franchise starters you want to see us cover. Uh, we got an email from a good friend of the show and patron, uh, Norvin. Uh, he's he's requesting an episode. We got to put it on the on the schedule for next year, guys. It's, what is it's it? Gotta, you have access to the email. You know. Yeah, but I've been busy. Can you, can you tell it to me in ASL? 
Uh, I'll just type it in the thing. Type it in the chat. Okay. But, uh, typing it. Prepare for my reaction. Well, yeah, I think you're gonna. I think you're gonna like this one. So yeah, there you go. Oh yeah. I mean, we were gonna oh, yeah, do yeah, it yeah, anyway. You, you so just like push it. it forward on the schedule for sure. Yeah, that'll right. go yeah. well with the Cemetery Man yeah. episode. That'll be a good double feature for people who want to yeah. go back and listen to that episode. Norvin sure. and I chat periodically on Instagram. So yes, he did tell me yeah. about that ahead of time. So yeah. So yeah, he he threw that one to us in the uh, in the in the email. But but we do read that. Well, some of us read that. And uh, we may not always respond, but we are taking that under advisement. So may I say that I've never read the source material of this particular thing, but whenever I see it, I think of the song from Almost Famous that uh, Stillwater does. Dow. No, was it? What kind of dog is it? I don't know. I've seen Almost Famous Fever. Once. Fever dog. Peter Frampton wrote that song. Cool. Wrote all the songs in that movie. Yeah. Great. Right yeah. on. Cool. Hey, cool somebody finds this interesting. So <laughs> both I'm me sure. and that person are <laughs> like, what Even a Even I would find it interesting if it wasn't 2 a.m. Fever down. Straight yeah, up it at my back down. This is, this is when Tucker's annoying just kind of ratchets. I think it gets worse as he gets later. Um, ah. He's He's unhinged. Um, but yeah, also, if, lack of illegal substances or legal substances, depending on where you are. Illegal for him, legal for me. Um, yeah, dude, my mania has taken over because there's nothing to calm me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can tell. Um, look, if you let me end this, then you can I have all the substances you, end you this. want. That will end never it, Stephen. End this. I've got shit to do first. You can hit look, us up. My on... tuck mugs bit is going to be 30 minutes long. So. Get ready for okay, that. Okay, Brett and I are going <laughs> to unplug and just wander off, and you're going to end this whole fucking show by yourself. I'm out. Um, we, uh, you, oh God, I don't even know where the fuck I am right now. Um, you can uh, shoot us an email, uh, rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Five stars and a review, please and thank you. Helps us with the algorithms and whatnots. Uh, and then you can find us on most forms of social media, uh, specifically Blue Sky Instagram, Facebook, and Letterboxed at Disenfranch Pod. I am your host, Stephen Foxworthy. You can find me on uh, Instagram, Letterboxd, and Blue Sky at Chewy Walrus. Also, make sure you check out the most recent episode of The Pod and the Pendulum, where Mike and I and uh, Rachel talk about a little movie called a Muppet Christmas Carol. And I get to just throw up my love for Muppets all over that show. Like I did on our show last July. Uh, Brett, where can we find you on social media these days? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at letterbox at sus underscore warlock. And then you can find me on blue ski at sus warlock without the underscore. Tucker. As always, you can find me on the YouTubes and the Instagrams. At ice909, that's I C E N I N E, the number zero and the number nine. Uh, tuck mugs is still a thing. That's tuck underscore mugs on Instagram. I got two upcoming posts. I got one in the chamber and one in the clip, and they're both guest posts, you guys. I want to announce this right now. You motherfuckers, you, even you posts. motherfuckers don't know about this, okay? All right. Look. We've got a, well, the first one's more of a collab post between myself and my sister. 
Uh, I've been drinking out of her mugs uh, while I've been here in Indianapolis, and I found a very interesting one that I wanted to include in Tuck Mugs. So I took a photo of it, and she did some research on it. You'll you'll see what I mean when you see the post, but she did some research on it, and I think we've got a very interesting uh, a post to put out there. I just have to put together her research in a digestible way uh, that fits the format, um, hopefully the next couple of days. If not, when I get home, I'll work on it. And then I got another one that uh, Jimmy did the same thing because Jimmy comes home for Christmas too, which is a great thing about coming home for Christmas. I get to, to see Jimmy. We get to hang out. We've hung out like three times so far. Uh, but he sent me a photo of a mug uh, that of his mother's that is, is very interesting, and we're going to include that as well. So I would say in the next two to three weeks, both of those will be dropping, if not sooner. So right that's on. pretty. I'm pretty excited that I kind of have a backlog right now. To just kind of pop in once I can, I get the chance to kind of flesh them out and put them up. So it's really, it's a really exciting times to be a a follower of Tuck Mugs. So head on over to Instagram and look up Tuck underscore Mugs. Make sure to follow and like every post, and uh, look forward to those guest mugs, uh, collab mugs. Brett, Stephen, you guys, if you want to put some in the queue. Uh, I'm sure you've got some mugs. Holler at your boy. And, uh, yeah. That's it. Good job, you guys. We, we fucking, we fucking, you guys, oh, we fucking, oh. guys, oh. hey, you guys, guys, you guys, hey, you guys, fucking, we did it, you guys. Oh, Woo. yeah, we did. So that is our episode. Uh, this has been the Disenfranchised Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Foxworthy, from my co hosts, Brett Wright and Tucker. Until next time. Look, it's Wonder Woman. Another Wonder Woman cameo. In this podcast, too. In our own podcast? It's like this economy. Look, you get you get that music and you get Gal Gadot, who even like just like some of the people in this movie, even with a shitty script, like she's fun as hell. So like give me more Wonder Woman cameos, even if they suck. Goodbye, everyone. Cheers. Cheers.